0: Okay, it's the end of the year. Uh, we did this last year, and of course I have to bring back my guy, Chris Carantit, on the show to do this with me, because every now and then he comes on the show and cuts an episode of What You Watching? <laughs> All right, dude. So, um, we got some. Uh, we got some top movies of 2022 to talk about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A lot of good stuff that came out. Again, too much that came out like every year, like every year. <laughs> the more streaming services they add, the more I'm just like, I can't catch
0: up. You know, dude, I just discovered a new streaming service. Um, Damn it. Today, <laughs> 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 today uh, because I was watching, um, there's a documentary on Netflix called Is That Black Enough for You? And it's about um, like black cinema throughout the years and stuff and really kind of the golden age of the 1970s. Um, Mm -hmm. with anything from black exploitation films to like actually well you know crafted like the shaft franchise and like it's so fucking good it's directed by i think one of the producers of uh, (laughs) black lightning on cw i forget the guy's name um there's like interviews from anyone (laughs) from like samuel jackson to like zendaya it's really good um where was i going with all that oh no but um, I started looking up a lot of these movies that they're talking about that I had never heard of. And there's a streaming service and look, maybe it's, maybe we're not our, it's target audience, but you know what? It's called Brown sugar and it's for like black cinema. (laughs) And they have like a lot of like seventies films, like of that ilk. And I was like, I fucking love those movies. And it's like, dude, that's like a sweet little streaming platform. Like, Maybe white people aren't the target audience, but still, like,
2: <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but still, like I, I did, I didn't fuck, I didn't, I didn't create a membership. But regardless, um, yeah, there's a lot of streaming services out there. So we were talking before I hit record. Um, this has been a tough year for me to like watch movies for reasons I've talked about a ton on this show. Um, yeah, I mean, he's lazy. Yeah, like I change diapers a lot. <laughs> he
1: doesn't do anything at all ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I finally caught up to a lot of stuff I would say in the last like four or five months. And so I was able to kind of polish off a top five. I have like, I feel like 50 honorable mentions and I won't get into it. Um, but yeah, it was once again, a good year for movies, not a bad year. Have we, has there ever been a bad year? No. <laughs> Usually before we, like we did last year, you know, we still do a, a what you watch and this is still kind of a, what you watch an episode. So we're gonna little we're gonna kind of go through real quick some stuff you and I have been watching before we get to our top five, and um, we're gonna kick things off with a movie that was out a couple months ago. You and I both watched it, both on our list. Uh, was in the theaters a couple months ago. I don't know if it's still in theaters now, but it it just popped up on a uh, HBO Max last week, and that is Black Adam. How do we feel about Black Adam? <laughs> Uh, You know, if
1: you're looking for a good movie to just shut
0: your brain off and,
1: uh, you know, watch some, you know, big muscle man go punch thing, go, you know, then yeah, go watch this movie. Like, (laughs) you know, you don't have to really, like, stretch too much to sit down and enjoy this movie, you know, you just (laughs) turn it on and you can, you know, but yeah, it's uh it's not like it's peak cinema in any sense. Just of fucking her. turn it on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, turn it on and just, like, go do stuff in your house. Well, <laughs> that that, that's not it? what I did. I sat through this. Uh, oh, yeah, no. I mean, I watched it in the theaters,
0: so I... Uh, oh, really?
1: Yeah, yeah I, 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 I actually sat down and paid money for it.
0: I caught it. I caught it on HBO Max. Shout out to a good friend that still lets me use uses HBO Max after all these years. It's me. <laughs> um. So, like, and it, it's not been a good year for HBO Max. Uh, they literally had a Batwoman movie that isn't coming out um i mean, it's
1: haven't been a good year for warner bros in general <laughs>
0: well like it, it's one way that's one way of looking at it you know it yeah. hasn't been a good years or has it been a years has it been a year where it, they're going back to like ground zero we're rebuilding this thing and i mean i'll get into yeah. the james Gunn news that's happened in the past week in just a minute but um so i turned black adam like dude i i was so nervous to watch this movie because to be honest like the you know you know me i i know my batmans i know my supermans my wonder womans you know i'd say in like the last 10 15 Mm -hmm. years i've caught on to the flash a lot more and a lot of the other characters the whole like shazam side of dc is very new to me um I, I, i i know like the fundamental things about those these characters but like i don't like know the deep like Mythos of of Shazam or Black Adam, even. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a learning experience for me. But like leading up to it, I was like, "This is gonna be a this, this is a chore, man." Like everybody said this. Like <laughs> people either said like this movie sucked ass, or um, it is what you just said. Like just just go in and turn your brain off. And um, that's that's I I didn't go in and turn my brain off, but I went in and like put that bar at such a mid <laughs> like <laughs> super mid level. Uh, I, I don't, I know I'm not going to be wowed, but you know, it, it's not going to be that bad. My expectations uh, were fulfilled. I think, yeah. It, it, I think black Adam is yeah. not a perfect movie. You could even argue it's a forgettable movie. You could like in this day and age with superhero films, um, I don't know. It's hard to tell the climate of where we're at right now. Cause there's guys like us who came up through the phase first four phases of Marvel and like saw that whole world get built and the Snyder verse that came and went. So like now it's just like, there's so much expected of these superhero movies. And I feel like black Adam is like a good superhero movie from like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you can just go in and say like this is before people started thinking about cinematic universes and like everything being intertwined and like treating, you know, a patch of 5 years of movies as like in its own little TV series almost except you see it in theaters you're going to like black adam and i fucking i didn't think it was that bad i don't know i don't know
1: no <laughs> yeah like you yeah, know there's nothing wrong with uh being like a popcorn, you know, movie, you know, like, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, the hell out of it. Like, yeah, it's not the greatest movie, but the things that it does well, it does well, you know, like I, I enjoyed a lot of the, uh, the, the fights in it, like the, you know, and the story wasn't terrible, like, you know, and I mean, Dwayne Johnson, he probably could have gone further with his character, but he's still like, you know, they played up the whole, you know, anti-hero, like, he's just a guy from a time when, you know, like, when he got these powers, he became this being that just doesn't care about, you know, what, you know, people lesser than him or, you know, like, think or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah I don't know. it's like, it's an interesting role, and, in, you know, like I said, he, he obviously could have gone way more villainous with it if he wanted to, or, you know, but he just didn't really. I know, he still has that like charisma because he is the rock, but
0: nah, I know <laughs> so. I, I, uh, I feel like the rock worked on this movie for a week. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> like if you think about it, there's like a solid 25 minutes where he's like not really in it. If you like add up his screen time, I, I don't know, <laughs> like there's so much like CGI well, fighting, like scene after, yeah,
1: scene. well, the. the- you say that, but at the same time, he's also been working on the make getting this film made for the last true, like, fifteen true. years. You know, so. Well, that's I mean, the thing. Like, uh, if
0: you if you're trying to get a movie made for fifteen years, I mean, that means mm-hmm. it's a passion project. This movie should have a lot of fat on it, dude. I, I don't yeah. know. This should be like a Snyder Cut esque thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like yeah. this movie should
0: be nearly three hours and just blow my fucking mind. But no, I see what you're <laughs> saying. Like he he's fought long yeah. and hard for this movie, um, and now it's uh, I guess might not even you know we might not ever never, we might not ever see him again as Black Adam because James Gunn and what's his yeah. face the producer that he doesn't get along Peter with Peter Safran yeah they took over and now are running DC. Obviously, the news broke that even though Dwayne Johnson fought to get Henry Cavill in a cameo, I think it's safe to say it. The internet and people know about it. Um, Henry Cowell yeah. shows up in them in, in some uh, post credits, and uh, and he
1: even officially announces that he's back as the character on his Instagram. And then three like, weeks, the later. studio fucking the studio's like, yeah, announce that. And then you know, yeah, it's just like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> but- like, yeah, I understand putting other people in charge, but at the same time, like, you you just. I've heard that Henry Cavill has since fired his management team. It's probably because it's like, yeah, you just didn't have the shit in like writing. What the fuck is wrong with Which you? Which
0: is crazy to me that you say that. Cause I didn't know that. And if that means anything, do you know who his manager is? Yeah.
1: I've heard it's a little, uh, the rocks uh, ex-wife or whatever. Or yeah. Who's like also,
0: she's, she's also the rocks manager as well. They, they still have a business relationship, even though they're yeah married which is wild to me yeah <laughs> why would you go in business with your ex-wife but hey i guess they have that kind of relationship good for them Yeah. Um, no yeah, yeah like that's that that's like that that's where i was like getting to a point because like obviously like people are looking at black adam as like the nail in the coffin now for like what dc was from like post christopher yeah from pretty much man of steel on Like they're like that's Mm -hmm. it. This thing's done. And like, as much as I think, like you know, you and I both like those films. Like, as much as I think, yeah, like that does kind of suck. Like, up at the top at Warner Brothers with their with their DC intellectual property is a fucking mess, and they (laughs) have to fix this thing if they really want to move it forward. And. I don't know like James Gunn I've never had a bad thing I've I've never felt bad about anything he's done like I like the Guardians of the Galaxy films I like Suicide Squad I like Peacemaker which we'll talk about maybe later I don't know I think uh I, I don't know I think James Gunn is a good move in my opinion and if that means we got to no. say who knows 10 years from now we could be saying this was the best thing that ever happened to DC and Warner Brothers Yeah That's just my take Um but anyway, Black Adam is, like, a really good mid-level superhero film. I, I need to say this. Uh, Pierce Brosnan stole that movie.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so he, fucking good in that. Yeah. It is like, I, I've been hearing, uh, you know, like, all these little movies that he keeps popping up in and, like, TV shows and whatnot. He just, like, he's just doing whatever he wants, basically, at this point. And, like, you know, he's still just fucking he just kills it, you know, like, he, he, and uh I've been hearing that from basically everybody that talks about this movie, it's just, like, they, they loved his performance, and, like, they want more of his character, you know, <laughs> it's like, they just, yeah, you know, it's that deal where he, uh yeah, it was just, like, you put, you put a bond, a former Bond in any movie, like, like what has any former Bond ever shown up in a movie and not just been like, oh yeah, he's just like stealing this movie right now?
0: Like, uh, for- come on, dude! Sean Connery had a good post-Bond career.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what I mean. Like you know, they they show up in any movie. He struggled
0: in the eighties, like- but like in the nineties, Sean yeah. Connery caught a renaissance, which is kind of like what's going on with Pierce Brosnan. Like after post, probably his last Bond role, there was like. Nothing for him, and well, I, yeah. I, I mean,
1: uh, those last couple of Bond movies weren't the greatest that he. Yeah, did, that's true. You know?
0: I mean, it, it's kind of nice to see like a guy like Daniel Craig is still like in acting. I mean, he's going to be in the new Knives Out, which drops by the time this airs, it will have dropped. Um, which, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm looking forward to watching that one, actually.
0: Yeah, but but Pierce Brosnan, I think, like post Bond, he just. Couldn't get the right roles because now he's probably typecast, like he's got to play some suave guy. And Mm -hmm. then he I think he did like a few rom coms that were just crap. And then he just vanished for like 10 years. And (laughs) we've been seeing like he's popped up in a lot of things, like standout supporting role, which I, I just I think it's cool. And I every scene he's in in this movie, he fucking he stole it, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: He uh he reminds me of um Like a lot of things that Timothy Dalton's been doing in these last you know few years too, where he's another Another former Bond Bond, exactly another former Bond who started doing these like different roles that are things that are just like you know, they're changing up what you would you know, and that he's just killing him too. Like what when he showed up in uh, Penny Dreadful. You know that show yeah. was like he was so good in that show, and and uh, he was also in Doom Patrol, um, you yeah. know, in the first couple seasons. Like, he just you know, everything that he pops up in, like, even if it's something completely random and out there, he just like you know, same thing with Pierce Brosnan, that just like showing up in random things, and just like wow, <laughs> you know, it was really good. Yeah. I remember seeing him in a movie with uh, Jackie Chan. I just came watched out A couple it. years ago, uh, The Foreigner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that was really fucking good. He's like the and bad guy like, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and he's just, he's not like he's a villainous bag. He's just like a guy that works for his government.
0: You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just doing his job. Um, well, no, that's cool. Black Adam is... Uh it's streaming now on HBO max. I, I recommend like everybody give it a chance, but just don't go in expecting some big Avengers film. Cause honestly, like as we've just bantered about for a few minutes, DC's in a big transition and I don't know. you can read a ton about this stuff on the internet, but I'd say give black Adam a chance. It's not the greatest in the world, but it's not the worst. So uh, moving yeah. on. What do you got? You, since we both had the same one, what, what do you got? You got the, you have the floor. Uh,
1: well, the next one that I wanted to talk about, um, it's in a similar uh, vein, you know, as, as far as I, it was a movie that I saw in theaters, um, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I still haven't seen this, but go ahead. Yeah, so I won't get too deep into, you know, things that happened in it, but, you know, I I enjoyed that movie. It was, uh, you know, it's if anyone hasn't seen it or doesn't know, it's um, it's dealing with, you know, the obvious, you know, tragic loss of Chadwick Bozeman, you know, so they have to deal with that with the character and coming up with something, you know, like a way to move on and and also, you know, honor his legacy. So the movie was like two and a half hours long. Um, and it's one of those movies where it's just like, it feels that length, but it, it, at the same time, I couldn't think of anything anywhere that I would cut because it just, it feels like, because of the scenario that they're dealing with, with Chadwick's passing, like there's no way they could make it shorter and tell the story that they're trying to, you know, it's like, it, it was too much, you know, like I, there's maybe a few things, but at the same time, it's just like, it wouldn't, you know, it just, it wouldn't have amounted to a whole, like it, I, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know how I like,
0: understand. No, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it to... it's so
1: difficult to because yeah, like because of his passing, like it added on maybe another half hour, forty five minutes to this movie. That you know, like it it would have been a lot more streamlined had they had him here. You know, because I I remember hearing that this was a story that they did intend to tell originally when he was alive still. Um, you know, the story of uh, Namor. You know, who was. I believe Marvel's first, like, character, if I remember correctly. Like, he, he goes all the way back to, like, the 30s um, as far as his, uh, you know, the character, you know, writing the character goes. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and, yeah, making him, like, this, this, um, like, form... You know, he was, like, comes from an Aztec culture rather than making him the... Uh, atlantean like they you know were originally and you know like you know aquaman is with dc so they they obviously distinguishing it from that as well um but yeah yeah so it's 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 one of those like interesting movies where it's i honestly could not think of what to cut you know like it, it, like I said, there's a few things maybe like you could do, but at the same time, like if you want to make this movie make sense, you know, like there's just a lot of things that need to stay. So, um, but I, I ultimately enjoyed it. You know, I I thought it was a beautiful movie, and and you know the it was you know a very tragic movie. You know, just because it's dealing with this real life loss, and also having to deal with. Yeah. You know, like having to tell this story and like how, you know, I'm I'm sure that there's certain story beats that had to be changed. Um, but at the same time, certain story beats that like, I'm, I'm sure probably stay the same. So, and yeah, and, and the way that everything is, is plays out in this movie, uh, it was just, it was really, it was really well done. I think, um, just uh you know it just wasn't obviously it wasn't my, my one of my like top five of the of the year um like I probably would have said uh if we were doing this podcast when the first movie came out that that probably would have been in my top five of that year but um this one it just it, it's it hit different and for obvious reasons you know but uh yeah it's it's definitely worth checking out I mean you obviously not being able to get to the theaters as much you know i'm sure you'll catch it when it comes to disney plus
0: that's not true i kind of have a little bit of an opening now in life with just going oh yeah nine ten o'clock at night by myself or something well yeah but for a two and a half hour movie that (laughs) oh i is i went to a 10 30 two and a half hour screening of uh, a terrifier (laughs) 2 back in uh, oh did you came out (laughs) Yeah, that's not on my list, even though I fucking love that movie. But no, I um, it's still in theaters. It's like on my radar because doesn't like a chunk of it. Maybe not. I shouldn't say a chunk, but like a little bit of it or a segment takes place in like Boston. Uh,
1: yeah, I believe one of the characters is uh, from MIT. That, yeah. Um, that they introduced. Uh, I think she's gonna be having her own TV show later on at some point on Disney Plus as well.
0: No, I have um, a. Uh... A friend, even though we've never met in person, we've just like he's like an internet friend, but he's mm-hmm. uh, he works on movies out in Boston. I, he probably listens to the show, so uh, oh, yeah, if you're listening, he, Sean. He congratulations on, the, uh, on Black Panther, <laughs> nice. he worked on that movie, yeah. I think. Um, so yeah, no, I'll um, it's definitely on my radar. Uh, yeah, cool. I, it, I'm curious to see how they kind of utilize um, the fact that they had a real life death. Uh, with that with mm-hmm. that actor, Chad, Chadwick Boseman um, Okay, so for me, I have no The rest of these little kind of warm-up stuff I've been watching um, Is like not contemporary at all But <laughs> um, I'm going to start off with uh, Well, since we're on the topic of death Bad transition by me uh, well, no. So I watched this. I literally just the other night. I, it's streaming on Netflix, and I also think it's streaming on Tubi. And I don't know if this is a 2016 or 2017 release, but um it's a movie called Christine. And I'm not talking about the John Carpenter killer car Stephen King adaptation film from the 80s. I'm talking about a, a very a drama character study film. Um. I highly suggest people seek this one out. I, I don't get to talk about these too much. This is a movie based on a true story about a, yeah, damn, I shut my phone off. I was going to try and get some uh, little factoids off my phone, but whatever. Um, <laughs> this is based off a true story of a reporter. I, I'm forgetting her the the character and the real life person's name. Uh, in the night i think it's 1974 in sarasota florida so anytime i see a movie that takes place in florida i kind of gravitate towards it being down here like i just kind of want to like and half the time all the stories are fucking batshit crazy or they're just like <laughs> they're just completely out there this one isn't out there florida but- man
1: stories don't come from nowhere yeah i know
0: <laughs> but this is um not it this stars <laughs> this stars uh rebecca hall who plays um, the lead character of Christine well, her name's Chris. The title's called Christine. Why the hell did it's I just forget the last in her last name. Uh, she's a reporter for a small um, news outlet in Sarasota. And she's like a very driven um, young woman in her twenties. And, you know, by the trailer, something bad is going to happen to her. And, I I, If you don't want to know, if you want to track this movie down on Tubi or Netflix and go in blind, I'd be curious to see how people go in blind um, with the pacing of this movie, not knowing what's going to happen at the end. So Mm -hmm. scroll ahead two to five minutes on this podcast because I'm going to give some things away here Uh, (laughs) because you can literally look up what happened to this woman on a Google search. Uh, She is a woman who struggled with mental health and depression, and she committed suicide on the air. And this is a real thing that happened in Sarasota in 1974. And the movie (laughs) literally just starts with her working at this station. And, you know, very much bit by bit, she kind of starts to just fall deeper and deeper into her own problems. And the scary thing about it is a lot of the things that happened to her in the movie her, her you know her character uh, are like a lot of relatable problems that like you or I have maybe had to overcome and well I mean not all of them because there are some women problems I'm not going to go into that but um, well I mean you know she's she's nervous that she um, cannot is going to go without kids and if she if she can even conceive a child she's She's a virgin, I believe, and whatnot, um, and she's you know she's worried about her biological clock and everything, um, so stuff like that, and like so that adds into it. And but then there's just like other stuff with like her career and everything. I'm just like, oh my god, some of this is like fucking really relatable. And she is such a she's having such a mental health crisis, and Rebecca Hall plays it so goddamn well. Oh my god, she's incredible in this role. That it just is so dreadful knowing the outcome of this movie. So like by the time it gets to that scene and the scene just kind of comes quick. And then, you know, the movie just kind of trickles out and ends because there's not really much more of a story to tell um, Mm -hmm. because it's really all about the buildup. It's just like such a, it's more of a gut punch now knowing going in what's going to happen to her at the end of this movie and seeing her descent into her own just mental battle that like i almost wonder what it's like to go into this movie not knowing anything cuz you would never click play on this movie like you just wouldn't if you didn't know um cuz it's a 2 hour movie and it does kind of drag a little bit i'll say that but rebecca hall's performance really keeps it going i should mention michael c hall dexter is in it as wow. kind of the like main supporting role he's like the head anchor who gets this big promotion up in like Baltimore. And that's a thing that sets her off a little bit. I look, this is just like a sleeper movie from like five, six years ago that just probably came out in major festivals and vanished. And now you can find it like in a back catalog of streaming. I literally stumbled across it, played the trailer on Tubi, and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this 20 minutes. And if I don't like it, fine but I looked up what happened to her like right before I hit play. And I was like, I don't know. I I know it's kind of like morbid, but I was like, I'm kind of into this a little bit. Um, So if you can stomach it, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that like, I don't think the average viewer can't handle um, Mm -hmm. in terms of watching a film about mental health and knowing that the main character kills herself at the end. But uh, it's still just interesting to watch in a weird way. Uh, so that's Christine uh, yeah. streaming on Netflix and Tubi. Huh. All
1: yeah, right. it's, it's just, it's, a, it's interesting, like, you know, how
0: you probably, you know, once you look up that
1: history, you have that morbid curiosity, I would imagine. Yeah, it,
0: I think that's what it was, because, like, the trailer doesn't say it or show it, but like does the uh
1: movie get into like trying to kind of get into her mindset of why she did it live on
0: air um i would uh, i think it just was out of like lone that that fear of like lonely loneliness and wanting to make a scene i don't i don't want to say something that's gonna like you know i'm, I'm not a mental yeah. health professional but yeah yeah <laughs> um but like there's little things in like the first two acts mainly in the first act that now when you know her fate is just kind of like man that sucks like there's just a scene where she's sitting at a bar by herself in the middle of the day there's like a couple there on a first date and this is like relatable for most people who've like you know been kind of alone and longed for companionship and whatnot. And they see that couple out there and then, but she actually as a reporter goes up to that couple and just kind of compliments them and asks them these like detailed journalistic questions about the relationship. And at first it's like kind of uncomfortable. Like, like I would be like lady back the fuck off, but like knowing that you can like feel that she's suppressing this longing to connect with someone. Um, Mm -hmm it just like really gives you a big ball of empathy for, her. and she just kind of hits it with like, look, I'm a, I'm a reporter for the local news. Um, I do, you know, human interest stories. Here's my card. Feel free to contact me if you, if you'd like to. And, yeah. you know, and you know, she just, I don't, there's just these weird, like, and I don't want to say anything like that to freak people out or anything, but like, there's like little things that I saw, in myself within the, in that character which is kind of scary like just simple things like she has a to-do list i have to-do lists like she sits there and jots out detailed to-do lists and i was just like oh my god fuck i do that and like there's just these little quirks about her that are so like relatable to the common person mm-hmm. that it just is kind of scary about like how one needs to always kind of have themselves in check. And you got to also think this is the 1970s. I'm pretty sure mental health awareness and, you know, seeing a psychiatrist isn't that common. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's a, it's a sleeper. You, you're not going to see it on like a homepage of those two streaming services, you know, search it, seek it out if you want and give it a try. It was, it was a good. I don't know. I guess I was just in the mood for it at the time. Cool. Uh, back to you. So let's lighten the mood a little bit. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Actually, I can do that real well with this next one because this is a really late series. Uh, Willow. <laughs> just started. Okay. I've heard on, about uh, this.
0: I heard about this dropping. I haven't seen it, but I've been locked yeah, out it, of my it, Disney Plus account. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Not locked out. We just like we got like booted out because we like hadn't watched it in a while. So now we have to re-log in and I just we haven't done it. But
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um that's annoying. Uh, I uh I recently had that happen with um mine and my Hulu. So I had to and because actually no, I think it was because I bought the bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. So I was just like I was like screw it. I'm I just I wanna start watching a few things on there. So I got the bundle and it made me like made me get a new password for you know since they're connected now it's like oh password new password for all of them (laughs) gotta put the password in every device that i got now damn it (laughs) It takes forever um so yeah willow uh just it's on like it's i think it's fifth episode now Uh, i haven't caught up with the newest episode that's uh out this week but uh so far you know, the first four episodes that I've watched, it's it's definitely a fun show. You know, it's, uh, I mean, if, any, if you've ever watched the original movie, Willow, you know, came back, came out back in 88. You know, it was an old, uh, you know, George Lucas written movie, uh, you know, fantasy movie, um, you know, just, you know very 80s uh, fantasy, you know, like, you know, of, of that era, you know, it just, it, it uh, but it, it had so many things going on in it. Like, um, you know, for for instance, I mean, War, Warwick Davis, this role was written specifically for him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it wasn't the most popular movie when it came out. Uh, it was, you know, it was also, I, I forgot to mention, it was a uh, Ron Howard directed movie originally um so yeah it wasn't the most popular thing when it came out so it's really surprising to hear a couple years ago when they were gonna make a uh a sequel series and uh yeah so now here it's out and um so far you know i've been watching it with my girlfriend and uh we've both been really enjoying it you know even if we've been one uh you know like as soon as an episode ends it's like damn it now i want to watch the next one but you know it's it's doing that weekly release and uh where something like, you know, Game of Thrones, um, and, you know, House of the Dragon that was on earlier this year, every time I watched that she would look away and like, she, she could just, she could not watch that show, you know, like she does not do the, the gore stuff well. And, and I mean, hell the worst things that they did on that show were the childbirth scenes like Jesus. So, uh, yeah. So, so she couldn't do that show, you know, like it was just, too much for her every time but this show is like she's just like oh this is perfect for me like fantasy wise like you know this is you know this and like when we watched you know that rings of power earlier this year it's like something that's not too you know too over the top you know it's like it's it's something that you can watch with the family um you know and and enjoy it and you can even you know if you just were a fan of those that original movie you know you can watch it and enjoy it and, um, but also it's like doing some really interesting stuff you know like uh like uh they introduced these villains in the first episode um that are just like really cool um like they they, they almost seem like these things out of all like a nightmare you know where like there's this one thing that flies around and it's like and it turns in when it turns into a person it's like it's looks like a bird lady you know like just like this, like you know uh fanged teeth like all all fanged teeth and just like you know feathery looking arms but they're not like feathers you know it's 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 really like odd looking and then there's this other uh random like big like hunk you know like hulkly looking thing that's just like got a cage you know covering its head and it's just like like they they all look like something out of a horror movie you know like (laughs) these these villains that they have you know like they almost look like different things you would see in uh 13 ghosts you're, you're oh, in that yes, movie like dude, i love the that ghosts and the ghosts in that movie like they all look like these random things you know those random ghosts you would see in that but just like you know just these jacked up like fantasy villains um so yeah you know it's 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 yeah it's been a pretty cool show and uh you know they they built up this little like uh, band of heroes you know in it and uh you know it's been pretty enjoyable you know like there's this one character that me and my girlfriend both find like annoying and we both talk about like oh it's like we both talk about it it's, it's pretty funny and uh but at the same time it's just like you know if if they aren't building her up for some like drastic change in her character arc you know at some point in the show then like they're really making her a pain in the ass for no reason yeah nice <laughs> it's kind of funny having that conversation with her and uh and yeah, you know, it's just been, uh, you know, it's been fun and, and it's, you know, unlike with say like Netflix where they drop everything all at once, you know, um, it's nice to watch this and actually, you know, be able to kind of speculate with her in between, uh, you know, after each episode and just kind of like, you know, talk about things and, and you know, cause we've both been really, just really enjoying the show and, uh, you know warwick davis is back again you know re- picking up the report you know reprising the role again after all these years and he's looking you know just as good and uh you know he's he's uh know, yeah, it's it's yeah he's um he's killing the role just like he did back then you know when he was a uh, i think 17 when he did the role eventually. yeah so yeah <laughs> it's it's definitely enjoyable if you uh if you knew and liked that movie at all when you were young, you, know, you should definitely check this out.
0: I do like that movie. My only issue is, um, anytime I watch it, I have to like double check always to make sure it's not the never ending story because I'm not in the fucking mood <laughs> to see a horse drown. So, um, <laughs> like, I think one of the last you know. times I like I walked into a room and Willow was on. I like I I checked the I was just like this is Willow right I I'm not fucking sitting through that that horse scene again and never never the story so no yeah Willow's Willow's good I'll um when I log back into Disney Plus I'll um I'll make a note of it to probably to, to seek it out and cuz I know I know it just yeah. so
1: Yeah and you can watch Willow on Disney Plus too you know like to get caught up with that before watching yeah. the show my girlfriend and I watched the movie so that uh you know, because it was one of those deals where she had never or never seen it before, and I wanted to watch the movie, the show, so I was just like, well, let's give you an introduction to this, you know, just for yeah. really the, the movie. Uh, and Even though, the, like, you don't really even need it, though. Like, if you wanted to, you could go into the show, and they have, you know, flashbacks that to the original movie, and they, like, give enough context that you could go into it blind if you wanted to.
0: Cool. All right. Um... Up next for me. All right. So (laughs) I didn't know where the fuck I was going to uh, say this on the show, but this needs to be talked about for um, this episode because I've been, um, I I took a trip down memory lane. Uh, As some of you who follow me on Instagram saw I made a funny little Instagram reel uh, that uh, hasn't gone viral, but it got like 3000 views cool um (laughs) on paramount plus and also streaming on netflix (laughs) i know you're gonna have nothing to contribute to this dude um (laughs) i have to say this on the air i am a closeted low-key and i'm out of the closet now dude (laughs) man of mtv's laguna beach (laughs) There yeah, I remember no...
1: seeing the promos for that show, but I never
0: watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, So, look, dude, I don't know why the fuck I did this, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say much here. Well, maybe because like, so, dude, Laguna Beach dropped. Laguna Beach came out in 2004. And this is about <laughs> Southern California kids in high school going through teen angst, and it's shot like a reality show, but also, it's shot like a reality show, but it's... Oh, my! I can't believe I'm explaining this on the fucking show. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many people checking out right now. And so many people laughing because they wouldn't think a guy like me would just, like, for some reason get hooked on this. It's shot like a reality show, but they make it feel like it's a narrative story about mm-hmm. just people dating. <laughs> 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 and Look, man, th- look, th- there's... Um... This is bringing
1: you back to your high school days, isn't it? No, dude, it actually, like... All right, so did I you finish... not watch this
0: in high school? I did. And now, now the cat's out of the bag. Um, Look, th- the kids that they recruited out of Laguna Beach High School was genius casting, okay? First of all, you got, you got Steven, who back when I watched the show back in... <laughs> High school was like the man dude he was like the cool kid I, and in school i watch it now and again it's just like you know like how everything kind of evolves over 20 years you watch and you go like wow he was kind of a douchebag like <laughs> <He was> that <laughs> guy, so gross was really, he was that guy who was really nice to everybody but you know he ended up being kind of a douchebag um <laughs> of course you got the great uh lauren conrad from uh um lc who went on to have her spinoff show um, can't believe I'm telling you this. We've never had this. Co- the, the many times you and I have smoked weed, I've never opened up and, like, dude, I fucking love Laguna Beach. <laughs> then you got Kristen Cavallari, who
1: <laughs> oh, so that, that's where all of them came from. I remember hearing in their yeah. names and like. Yeah, like i remember hearing their names and thinking to myself why are they famous I'm Like it, it is people? one
0: of those like shows where i'm just like fuck they but it's like why are they famous but at the same time it's like ah, i get it they have a yeah. screen presence that can like, go make for
1: them a, for a few years after i got out of high school i worked in a few different uh gas stations so i would see those names pop up on a lot of the magazines yeah if I, was, if I was bored i'd be like look through them at work and i'd be like who are these people <laughs> the hell
0: this now is No, I one, know. This show is look, first of all, like if you, I'm watching this as 17, 18 years old and I'm seeing these these uh these girls that are supposedly my age on at the time. I mean, we're probably close in age now still, so um they're total babes, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like the those California those California babes. Um, I think that was probably, you know, the first initial reason, but dude, the plot lines hooked me, all the people breaking up and getting back together. It was like a real life soap opera, man. Um, credit to the executive producer on this, who has gone on to have like these successful shows on Netflix about that are like of the same ilk. It's about like, there's one about real estate people in, um, los angeles and it's like done like laguna beach it's just like check out this fucking eight million dollar house in the hollywood hills plus why is my boyfriend not texting back (laughs) and me and my wife eat it's called relatable it's called selling sunset me and my wife eat that one up there's it there's been like five seasons already um and and like as i was watching that like in the middle of it, i'm just like this feels like laguna beach I looked it up same exact showrunner same guy and um so when this when these popped up on paramount plus and again they're also on netflix like literally like my i'd put my daughter down for a nap and i would just like let's get let, let's get nostalgic and i just kept going man um it also made me feel really shitty about high school <laughs> <laughs> like I was like my dude my high school experience fucking sucked. Like all these like all these like clicks and I was just like dude I never had a click, man. Like maybe I should have had a click. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I like I had the people I always hung out with, but as far as clicks go, I just hung out with everybody.
0: Yeah, me I, too, but like I, I don't know. Did bring back some memories, but um I don't know if I should that yeah, that'll be my one for yeah. this round. So that's Laguna Beach. Like, I feel like it's
1: never like it is in movies where in movies and shows where it's like, that's the 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 popular kids, that's the stoners, that's the geeks. That's the, you know, it's like whatever. You know, like, yeah, yeah sure. no, there's, that, that's there's true. groups like that, but it's you know, like they don't go by a moniker and they don't. It's not like they're just like you never see them outside of their own species. You know?
0: Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. all right that's my um thanks for listening to me talk about laguna beach so what's next for you <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> moving on quick
1: faster <laughs> uh so yeah my next uh one that i uh actually just watched uh i started watching it last week and uh finished it uh just the other day uh the sandman on netflix
0: Ooh, yes i watched that this summer
1: I yeah you- i uh yeah i don't remember if we had talked about it on a previous uh what you're watching or i like, think uh i, mean, I, think, I think you I might was, have
0: if you if we did um i think i was gonna like because i think i just either gotten in the middle of it but i hadn't finished it mm-hmm. but then uh i don't know you have 50 dogs at your house so i think i maybe <laughs> scrapped like some of them some things yeah. i wanted to talk about so but yeah go ahead
1: yeah so i i i just watched it um finished it up uh, the other day and uh you, you know watched that even that um that 11th episode that they released where it was just like uh like an extra episode that they had that wasn't really tied into the story of the season but um yeah it just yeah i i, I really enjoyed it uh you know it's like to me it's uh there's so many moments in it that felt like uh like it's based on a, a comic book, but it just like, it felt in different moments, like an anime, you know, like a live action anime, you know, in ways. Um, just with like the story that they were telling. Um, so anyone who doesn't know Sandman, uh, it's about uh, the character, you know, he's like, they, there's these gods basically that uh, um, are all about like, the different aspects of humanity um so the main character in this uh the sandman he's his name is I mean, one of his names is dream you know he's the king of dreams um and his siblings you know are death uh, desire despair destiny um there's a few more that i'm forgetting i'm pretty sure but like they you know just they're all you know all the d's basically uh and uh they are, they're all like different aspects of humanity. And um, the show, it starts off and, you know, the first episode he's been, you know, he's, he's been imprisoned uh, for a hundred years by, uh, you know, a, a sorcerer, you know, like a warlock or whatever you want to call him, you know, just a human who, you know, was who found a book that was able to, you know, do some spell and, you know, he, and then also with, help of uh, another character which you know you you see and um i will spoil it for anyone who wants to watch the show but yeah it's just you know it, it's he's a character that you see throughout the season um <clears throat> yeah and it's just it's it's really like well done you know the the narration from uh dream and kind of getting you caught up on everything and just it, it feels
0: um and pat so, Oswald like, as a bird yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: I saw. Actually, watched the honest trailer for that show uh, today, and uh, one of the things that they said in the honest trailer was, uh, um, "Not sure if uh, Patton Oswalt is uh, not changing his voice because he's just given in to the fact that his voice sounds like a bird, or you know, or what." Yeah, this is like, oh, damn, shots fired.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I watched and finished that series. Um, I don't know if it's been announced if they're doing a season two. Are they? Uh,
1: it's it says it like when you watch it on Netflix, it says, you know, like, you know, more to come or you know whatever
0: message they do when they're like they have
1: more seasons planned.
0: OK, um, no, I, I that was. I, I can't think of the right word. I loved it. I can't think of the right words to just like describe it, though, because like. That was a show that just, like, once I think I'm going in one direction, I go in a completely different direction. Yeah, it really, um, it,
1: it subverts your expectations in a lot of ways, because... Yeah,
0: you you need to put your phone down when you watch The Sandman. Um, yeah. Like, you cannot have any distractions, or else you are going to be, you're having, not going to have a clue what the fuck is going on in that show. Uh, mm. I love that Diner episode. Oh, oh yeah, oh that my- was... Yeah, the, the,
1: so that was one of the things, too, is eat, every episode was like, so different, and, and, yeah, like, you could just talk about, like, just episodes in that way, like, that diner episode, I think it was, the episode was 24-7, um, yeah. yeah, like, that was so, so good, and it was, it was, like, it was what you would consider a bottle episode, where it doesn't yeah. leave the you know the diner the entire time. Like there might be a couple scenes outside here and there. I don't remember um, off the top of my head, but yeah, just it, it it set up like the things that they were doing in there are so well, and uh, like the scenario that they were playing with there. Like I won't give it away to people, but it just it was so like it built up this tension in a way where you're it's just so like. Good yeah you're, you're sitting there you don't even think what's gonna
0: happen. I don't even think uh well, let's call him dream or the Sandman uh, no. he doesn't even show up to like the last 10 minutes of that episode from what I remember. Yeah. but everything bit like that that is that is an episode that is a bottle episode primarily one 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 um set se- why can't I talk? Ugh. one location um, yeah. it's in one location and um you start somewhere at the beginning of that episode and you are like in a complete different situation by the end another one i loved was when he goes to meet death Mm -hmm. and yeah it is in the the second half of that
1: episode where he um we have that revelation of like he had that uh that um bet he made with death on the that man who you know he meets in the bar every hundred years to see if he still wants to live like yeah, yeah. He, he, like that was you know so yeah he he makes this bet with death that like you know this guy in the bar who says you like, oh, know i'm gonna live you know i'm gonna live you know i'm never gonna die like i'm gonna you know there's too much to do in this world too much to see like you know it's too much to live for so dream hears that and he says it makes a bet with death like oh yeah i'm gonna what do you say you know let him never meet death and see if he means it and so every hundred years i think this started in like the 1400s or something yeah it's like this like like
0: low-lit like den (laughs) and now it's like a fancy bar at the end
1: yeah yeah like he you know literally meets him every hundred years for the next like Five or six hundred years until the meet gets to the present day. You know, it's just like, yeah, it was just so like interesting. You know, just that that episode and just you know, hearing the this interaction between these two and you know, you if you like folklore is filled with all kinds of stories of people meeting deities like that in, in different weird random ways. So it just like it felt it felt really apt for even like just you know the the time like you know because you know you just ran you know just a god walks into a bar you know and gives you everlasting life you know as long as you meet him in that bar every hundred years and tell him like how's it going you know like it's just, you know like i feel uh-huh. like i would have yeah like i feel like i would have read that story in like as like some tale and uh, a and then like an older book you know like not something that's in like a modern thing which i'm like i said this is based on a comic book so i'm assuming that that storyline probably was in the comic book at some point you know uh, i'm pretty sure that neil gaiman who uh he's the writer you know the creator of the character he i'm pretty sure he owns the character so that's why he was like you know he worked on the show so closely
0: yeah cool um,
1: yeah yeah it was such a such a good show and like so many random cameos like you know performances that like i i would thought would have thought like oh is this character gonna stay or stick around for a while oh no no they they weren't around for that long you know like but still i just i i enjoyed seeing them and like you know it's like i said it's that deal where the show subverts your expectations where you think you know like Oh, is this going to be like the thing that's going to happen throughout the? Oh, okay. No,
0: no it's like a completely different show by like the final two yeah. episodes. Like, yeah, these there's like different characters spread out, like in, in like you have like your act one. I think it's like a 10, 11 episode show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 episodes uh, that are like. Com-
1: compile yeah. the entire season and then there's that extra 11th episode
0: yeah there's people in the end of the show that aren't there in the beginning or in the middle it's, it's just oh speaking of that extra
1: 11th episode that one like the so they had like that it was split into a two-parter
0: yeah that second
1: half I don't know if you remember that one at all Um that one was so good that one with the writer and the muse
0: yes yes yeah I, I like that one yeah yeah that was so
1: fucking good and and the way that they built that story up, where, uh, you know, when you finally do have Dream come into the story and, uh, yeah, and like what he does when he finds out what, you know, this writer has been doing, you know, holding this, the muse there like that. Like, and, uh, yeah, yeah, so good. Oh, and another really good episode, too, was that uh, the one where they have the serial killer convention.
0: Yes, that's another, oh my God
1: so fucking good and like yeah and like saying that out of context you might be like wait what you know like no it's yeah it's literally a convention where serial killers have gathered like under the guise of it being something else and they're all like there to talk shop basically yeah you know, and it's like so good and and the the thing you know that happens in the end you know with uh with all of them like it's just it's it's so good like you know how uh when dream finally comes into like the story in and in, into that whole convention like how he comes into the whole thing like it just it was really well done and mm-hmm. uh god i just I, I found that so like just when like when the first those first few serial killers are introduced in that one they're introducing a the diner talking about it and you're like at first you kind of catch on you all are sudden you're like they're all killers aren't they <laughs> like they they all just seem like a couple of random weirdos in the diner you know having breakfast and then all of a sudden you're like oh no oh no what the
2: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so all right i recommend i I, i'm glad we got to talk about that one a little bit on this show it it really i went in blind because just like black adam I, i don't know i'm aware of like you know the fundamentals of the sandman story but like it was really cool to see that world um, up next for me uh, is once again, I'm not talking about really anything contemporary. Cause I don't know. I just been watching whatever, uh, but we will talk about Darren Aronofsky twice tonight today. Um, mm-hmm. But first up is his film from 2009. Uh, this is uh, 2000. I think actually, I think it was 2008, but it was up for the Oscars in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Mickey Rourke revival of the wrestler. Um mm-hmm. look, as a have you ever seen this? Yeah. Oh my god, hell yeah. Uh or maybe you hate it. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it. It's uh it's I, been a few I,
1: years, but I remember liking that.
0: I fucking love this movie. Um uh, th- this is kind of this movie that really kind of kicked off a maybe like a two or three year renaissance of Mickey Rourke's career. Cause I actually went back and watched some Mickey Rourke roles from the 1980s films that he was in. Mm -hmm. Um, I could, I get why he was such a stud in the seventies and eighties. He really was a great actor and kind of, you know, just took a career, took a weird turn. Um, Mm -hmm. This is like, so this is obviously Mickey Rourke is this burned out wrestler from the 1980s, like living in a, a mobile home somewhere. In, I think it's like New Jersey. I looked up, you know, filming locations. The film was pretty much shot somewhere in very like down and out New Jersey. Um, and you know he's like trying to connect with his daughter again and whatnot. but uh, I um, want to bring this movie up because, like I learned so much more about like the thought process with Marissa Tomei's character in the film. Mm-hmm. And she got nominated for an Oscar as well. They both were nominated, and they didn't win. Um, but I think Mickey Rourke was kind of robbed. I don't know. Sean Penn won that year, but he's fucking Sean Penn, okay? Um. Uh, so I remember like, just like someone was bitching about the fact that Marissa Tomei had to play a stripper in this movie when the movie came out um and this is like 2008 2009 and you know i think it was i was in film school and they were like why is Mercer told me i gotta get naked for this movie to win an oscar like what why do why do women have to do that in order to get a golden statue and i was just kind of like yeah i completely that's actually true i mean you know think of like halle berry and monsters ball basically like having sex with billy bob thornton and they give her an oscar i'm like <laughs> i kind of get it like but I realized something. I was listening to an interview with Darren Aronofsky and you know, these two characters uh, with Mickey Rourke and Marissa Tomei's character are the epitome of how masculinity and femininity, that's a word, <laughs> um, how they have to use their bodies for money. Mickey Rourke is this wrestler and he puts his body through absolute hell. Even though wrestling is staged and pre-planned, he gets the shit kicked out of him in all these like hardcore wrestling matches that he does for money. And he's an yeah. aging wrestler and he's has a heart attack in the film. And um, he, he just like, he puts his body through hell. He gets ripped apart and everything. Bloodshed and everything. Marissa Tomei, you know, is... A woman who uses her body For money by stripping And mm-hmm. I never understood That parallel I did kind of think It was this random fact That she was playing a stripper I don't know It's whenever well, I thought she was just Typical like single struggling mom Trying to you know Help you know Pay for her kids whatever And it's like no I didn't I never got that analogy at all And I thought that was kind of cool The other time around um, I, I think the film's streaming On like HBO Max And Hulu right now Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen it I've seen it uh, it's got a great soundtrack from Bruce Springsteen Um, I don't know what else to really say about it there is a awesome awesome uh, hardcore wrestling match scene where like they're going through tables and whatnot and barbed wire and then like Mickey Rourke goes backstage and he basically grabs his chest and has like a heart attack and collapse which kind of kicks off the more sentimental side of the film um, it's good. shit I recommend it, it's been yeah. recommended for many years. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Darren Aronofsky again in a little bit because he's getting really good at reviving careers. Uh, what do you got?
1: I can do one real quick and then get into my last one because, uh, because yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I got a quick one I can do here. Do it. Uh, yeah so the next one i had on my list here which uh it's i only have it on here because the the show just started uh it's fourth season uh doom patrol which i mentioned earlier um you know it uh it's it's like four episodes in now um so i don't have too much to say you know it's just you know it's the same show that it's always been you know it's, it's still just as crazy and uh if you, you know, like that show, um, and it's first season, I mean, so far I, I still am enjoying the hell out of it. It's, uh, still seems like it's just as crazy. And, uh, it has that same humor that it's had where, you know, like if, if you like that show and it's humor at all, you know, it's, it's yeah. really, uh, it really hits, you know, <laughs> for me anyway. Um, and, uh, when you like you mentioned earlier with uh the whale you know like this is one of those shows that really uh felt like it brought back brendan Fraser in a lot of ways i mean Mm -hmm. he does the the voice of uh robot man and he shows up every now and then to be like in as you know in live action in the show um and yeah he he just provides so much heart as his character i mean he had this uh he he had this one monologue um so his character in the show is a character called robot man he's uh he was a a, a a person who is he died and his brain got put into a robot so for the last 20 years he's been a robot you know in a, a brain in like a robot body and he doesn't have any like sensation. like he doesn't feel any like because he's just a brain you know so in this recent episode uh he got a um he got the sensation of touch through uh nanites that he was given and um so he like put a glove on his hand because he wanted to save his first touch for you know being able to touch his uh his um his grandson you know for the first time um and he ended up accidentally like losing the glove when he went to go kill a zombie (laughs) so his first sensation of touch was feeling this thing's head crushed beneath his hand and he actually has this monologue of like how it felt and just like the sensation and just like you know he just like kind of puts him in this weird place because before when he was just an unfeeling robot like it didn't really it didn't mean anything to him like he just you know he just was able to do these things you know and not you know, like it didn't it was like it meant nothing to him but now like even though it was a zombie like it still just like it got to him like feeling what it felt like to do that so it just it was a really cool monologue from from him and even though you don't you're not actually seeing him like hearing you know Brendan fraser's voice you're like you really felt it you know seeing it you know this voice coming out of this robot that's like no expression because it's a robot, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I can't recommend it uh more, you know, than
0: you know. I've never got into it, but obviously I'll uh I think with Brendan Fraser lately. So
1: yeah, I mean shit. I could probably find that clip and just send you that because it was it was definitely worth checking out. Sweet. <laughs> um but yeah, the last thing that I got on my list here for what I've been watching lately, I actually I just watched this uh today, um you know, this morning uh prey uh that was on hulu
0: yes i'm so happy you got around to it
1: yeah yeah i've been wanting to check it out for a while and i just i hadn't gotten the chance so uh now that i finally got hulu i yeah (laughs) i got around to watching it and yeah so fucking good like i i could see why everyone had been talking about it because yeah (laughs) like this, this feels like uh you know the continuation of the series in the best way that you know they could have done like you know i i don't know why they took so long to do this you know you know like why they didn't do it before I, i mean i've seen for years i've actually seen uh fan films around the predator that dealt with the predator in different time periods so yeah and they set it up in the end of that second movie you know with danny glover where like he's given a gun that, uh, you know, from like the seven, you know, a flintlock pistol. And so it's obvious that he, that, you know, they've been around for a long time and turns out that that flintlock pistol is in this movie, you know, is in prey. it's the one that, you know, the, the main character is given towards the end of the movie. So, um, it's you know it all comes around so you know it's just that deal where it's <laughs> like yeah so it's just that deal where it's like why why did this take so long like so many weird random sequels like what i i did like predators
0: i think it was predators the one with adrian brody and their, like, i concept. i liked it in concept but it ran yeah. out of steam for me but it, yeah, it, it, yeah where we go to yeah. their planet i thought was cool yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, that was enjoyable um, just in, like, the twist and, like, the different, you know, the way, the things that they did. But, and also, I just, I enjoyed the characters in that, like, the way that they were, like, a bunch of different, you know, um, uh, like, the best in each of their, like, parts of the world, you know, where they were you know, they're, like, killers and whatnot. And then, like, they have that one guy who's a serial killer as well, like, is kind of an interesting little, like because you knew that there was nothing, you know, so that was an interesting twist of a movie. But yeah, this one, Prey, like, it was so good. I mean, I just, the cinematography alone was so much better than any, like, of those other films. Like, it was just shot really well, and, like, like, they actually looked like they took time to make it look pretty, you know, as well as being, like, a really fucking kick-ass
0: action movie you know like um one the, of the best the Cori- uses of a dog too yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and uh and the dog lives in the end so if anyone's you know hell yeah feeling damn like- right i
0: looked that up before I when, I when i first saw that dog and i was like no yeah i need so, to look uh, you know- <laughs> So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you can go into this movie feeling reassured by that at least.
0: So uh, that's when you know it's in good hands. All right, we're gonna put a dog in the movie and we're not gonna kill it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah, I, I. So
1: it, 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 like the action was filmed so like so well, the choreography and and whatnot. Like I I really enjoyed like the the difference in the predator in this movie versus the one that we know because like yeah, difference in technology. I love that yeah 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 it's like more primitive with its technology and then so yeah it was just like so much different than the things we've seen in the past while still being the same um and it was just really really cool like that scene when the predator uh is um fighting uh all those those french uh trappers
0: yeah that's um, a gory fucking scene dude yeah that was
1: so fucking cool He's just ripping through all of them like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and like you know the I think I remember hearing when this movie came out, people like complaining online saying like, oh, you know, the something about you know this the, the main character, you know, the the woman and you know who's the main character in this, like, like oh, she took on the and killed the predator. I, I don't know because I never pay attention to that stuff, but. I you know i don't get that stuff like if that was the case because if you watch the movie like this movie the entire movie is setting up that she is like watching and paying attention to everything that's happening so she's like she's slowly picking up on everything that this thing is doing and like the ways that it's killing like all these different things that it's doing all its strengths and then also its weaknesses and then mm. in the end in its final fight scene like using that to her advantage and all those different things to come together and be able to fight this thing and defeat it. Like, it's like, it, and, and if you don't believe that this character, you know, this actress can do those things, like you haven't seen her in before. Cause uh, I, I remember uh, originally seeing her in that show Legion. If you ever watched that. Um, I never finished it, but yeah. Yeah. Am- Amber mid thunder. She was in all three seasons of that show and uh she was so good in it and like, you know, and she's, you know, like her uh, phys- physicality, like she is able to just, you know, she is really good. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, what else she does in the future. Cause she's one of those, like, she, she can, she can really bring it. You know, I, I remember in that show uh, in Legion, she was always this, like, she, she played uh, a mutant in it who she was the other half of this, like, scientist you know where like he was a scientist you know who did you know like nerdy geek Mm -hmm. things in his lab and then she was like his basically his twin almost where like she would walk out of his body like they she was a part of him like basically a part of his personality that she was like the part of his personality that wouldn't hold back and like would just Kick ass, you know. So she she was the like the action where he was like the the planning kind of thing. So she you know would always go out and get into fights, and um and they had this cool thing where like her character only aged when uh, she was outside of his body. So he was old, much older than she was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was like just such a, a cool you know way to see her you know continuing that like that ass kicking you know and i hope to see her you know continue in more movies because she's just so good and I, I you know like they had one uh one fight scene that she did towards the end that was just an uncut fight scene you know just you know one one camera angle and she's taking on multiple guys and just you know white the floor with them like it was, it was so good <laughs> yeah um yeah i i really enjoyed it and just you know i i hope to see more like movies from that franchise that are in that same vein of just like explore different time periods because why not there's like there's so much that you can do with that you know?
0: yeah yeah a lot of internet craze after this of like just that like uh yeah the big like, one was like one, a, a samurai or something yeah yeah that was about to
1: say like a samurai one like that would be amazing yeah i think one of the yeah i think one of the uh, fan films i remember seeing years ago was uh one about the predator versus some like uh templar knights you know like from the crusades and shit yeah. like that like that was cool like you know just like there's so much that you can do like so many different time periods you know like different you know types of warriors that you could face you know <laughs> like because that's what and- the
0: franchise really is like it's just like who's predator going to fight Cause like yeah. they, they did the AVP thing that I you know I don't those movies are like you can really turn your brain off but even then they're still not the greatest ones in the world mm-hmm. um, but it all starts with like okay it's Predator versus Arnold it's Predator yeah. versus Danny Glover and I love Predator too I don't care what yeah. anybody says I love yeah. that one um, I actually
1: remember seeing a, uh, a review one time for AVP uh, two that talked about like if they had put more focus on the idea of a predator and a human working together against these aliens like that would have been so much cooler because yeah, like
0: because like once that point
1: yeah because once that happens in the story that was actually like even though there's like no dialogue really spoken between these two characters because the predator obviously doesn't speak english like you <laughs> that know that
0: would be funny
1: yeah like hello help
0: me fuck these guys up
1: yeah he speaks in a british accent Hello because you know all aliens seem to speak in a British accent um so but you know it's like that was such a cool like a cool thing that they've never done in a predator movie before that they could have you know capitalized on more but instead they the first half of that movie was was like predators killing humans and then oh no aliens like you know so yeah like that that, yeah that that you know there's things that they've Could have done in those previous movies, like that they didn't do um, that probably would have saved it a lot more. You know, like I, I never watched that latest one that came out. What was it like, The Predator or whatever? Yeah.
0: um, A bunch of different people in it, you know. But it was a lit, and I love Shane Black. Like he's a great That was that was one of the
1: things that really had me wanting to see it. And then when I heard the reviews, I was like, oh no.
0: And part of me thinks there was there's there may have been some behind the scenes uh, or post-production tweaking on that like yeah I mean that was uh that was fox
1: originally right so yeah so there around. was um
0: who's that uh was that who's that guy from uh, this is us uh Sterling k Brown I don't know yeah yeah he was in
1: that movie. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's he's in in it. And
0: then like they kind of hype him up as kind of this, like somewhat of a villain. And he's in like the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie. And the it's the middle of that film that got like really clunky. Like there's just some scene where they're all hanging out at this house cracking jokes. And I was like, Yeah, I want this scene in a different movie. Like this is good, but like this doesn't belong (laughs) in a predator film. And like no, yeah. in that the that that character that, that actor I was just talking about, he um he just vanishes in the middle of the movie for no fucking reason. Like he doesn't get killed, and then he comes back in like the last 20 minutes. And I was just like, Oh okay. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought this was gonna be like did a you, really was this like pivotal character. Did you go to shoot fucking this is us during this point in the movie? What happened? I don't know. Like it was just kind of clunky, but um I mean, it is what it is. I like Shane Black, but it was kind of a. It wasn't that great. Uh, so, Prey uh, almost cracked my top five for 2020. I almost. I. I don't yeah. Know. Was, I had it there, and then I swapped. Um, I was it out thinking
1: and, about putting it in there. I, I
0: I had it there, and then I was just like, I don't know. I I've only I've only seen it once, and I loved it. Um, so I don't know, but I. With that being said. Let's jump into our top five. I kind of 20. wish that
1: I, I, I kind of wish up? that I was able. To,
0: no, uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say I kind of <laughs> wish that I was able to see it on a big screen, but you know, true, it, true, true. Really, like you know, if they ever do a re-release, like one of these days down the road, because I could see that being the case, like I would definitely go to check it out in theaters. All right. Or not? I guess it wouldn't be a re-release because it's never been released. So.
0: It would just be a release (laughs) Okay Um, So now that my intro to my top five of 2022 got messed up Let's jump into our top five of 2022 Uh, Not sponsored by anything Uh, (laughs) I need a fucking sponsorship right there That's what I was thinking last year Um, (laughs) All right Since since, since you had the floor for a little bit I'm going to kick off the top five um it's been a good year it's been a good year for movies uh it's been a good year for a lot of different genres as well a lot of the blockbusters um you know a lot of superhero stuff was on streaming uh a lot of a lot of good year for horror films i have a horror one on my list i I didn't want to i almost had like two or three but i was just like no i'm I'm, i gotta be diverse i'm polluting the list (laughs) um uh, I almost had Pearl on my list, but I took it <laughs> off. That was a fucking great movie. Um, I might swap it around. I don't know. But uh, so in, in terms of superhero films, I know you've seen this one too. I, I know it's not on your list, but you you said it's going to be an honorable mention or something. Um, this was the last movie I got to see in the theaters. I mean, I've been in the theaters since. But it's the last movie I got to see in the theaters where my daughter was born. Uh, that is none other than Robert Pattinson suiting up in the cape and cowl, I'm talking about the Batman comes in at number five for me.
1: Yeah, that was one I was debating on putting on my list too. With um, you know, wh- where my my number five is, you know, I was, you know, because it was, and I didn't get the chance to see it in theaters, which really bummed me out. I, because it definitely seems like you know one that I gotta fucking, I gotta see that on that big screen if they do a re-release of that. You know, I just, I, I never took the time to go out and see it. You know, my buddy that I usually go to see movies like that with, he uh, had already seen it by that point. So I was just like, just didn't have the motivation to go check it out. You know, and, and but yeah, yeah. I, when I saw that on streaming, I was just like, damn it. I should have seen this on a bigger screen.
0: <laughs> well, I got to see it on the big screen. I, like, I have a, we have a bigger TV upstairs in our loft. That's kind of like my little hangout area at night. Um, and I watched it again when it hit HBO Max, and like I was, I was nervous it was going to wear off on my second screening. And, um, no, it, it, I, I thought this was, um, the cool look. We were talking about Black Adam earlier and James Gunn and what's going to be the future of DC, and I haven't heard anything about. No more Robert Pattinson, or no more vision on what. Um, yeah, Matt as far Reeves as I know, they're going to
1: gonna keep it uh, keep it going. So,
0: and I think that's awesome. Like, I mean, I'm curious to see. Obviously, like they're they're shooting uh, the sequel to the Joker right now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there is a deleted scene that revealed there was a Joker in this whole universe, um, but despite all the you know studio politics in hollywood uh we had we've not seen we've not seen a batman film like this i mean we've seen like little kind of nods to this kind of story or you know the fact that i mean in the nolan films we do kind of see um bruce wayne very active trying to solve things with like crazy technology and whatnot um yeah yeah But we've also never, we've also never had a, well, we did in Batman Begins, but like Christian Bale doesn't look like a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So like getting a really young Bruce Wayne as played by Robert Pattinson was very, and Robert Pattinson can look the part. I mean, the guy still looks like he's 22 years old. Um. I, you know, I never had any doubts about him. I thought it was a genius call. I, I knew the director, like Matt Reeves, he was going to be in good hands uh, in the overall vision of having him, having it be a detective story and a mystery. Uh, yeah, like it felt like um,
1: a, a David Fincher serial killer.
0: Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. A like... lot of people compared it to like feeling like Seven or something. Yeah. Um. I the supporting cast too just to move down the line here zoe kravitz is i think i said this a couple weeks ago on the show um i'd say she's maybe my second favorite Catwoman because my michelle pfeiffer i think is i bow down to that queen um zoe kravitz (laughs) though i think she killed it i think she uh i think she was a fun Mm -hmm. selena kyle um uh fucking colin farrell under all that makeup uh, yeah
1: i i i did not like you know when i first heard that i was like i kind of had my apprehensions but i was, was like yeah we'll see how it is and that he just yeah he killed it like yeah you know, he's yeah you know, i'm sure you've seen those uh videos of like the behind the scenes stuff yeah. of him and like yeah just like that they did such a killer job on that makeup job and like him putting on the that like voice that he does and everything It just yeah. like he yeah he yeah, it just it was so good. I, he's an, uh,
0: he's another actor that over like the last five six years has been reinventing himself. He's been reinvent. He's been taking. He's on. He's in contention, I think, for some Oscar buzz for a movie I've yet to see this year, mm-hmm. um which who knows who would have made my list or not. But it just came out. It's on HBO Max. Um. uh mm-hmm. But other people in that role, other people in the movie, um. The actor's name's escaping me, but who plays Gordon? Uh,
1: oh, yeah. yeah. Um, damn, now that you said that, I'm probably... Yeah. Drawing, I'm drawing a blank down too, damn.
0: Sorry, guy who um, played Gordon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, really great there. I loved um, uh, John Turturro, who doesn't even show up in the trailers. Ends up having a really big yeah. part in the film. Uh, just like when, like when you see the runtime for this thing at three hours, I'm always like, I get it with superhero films. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. I get it. But like knowing that this is kind of going to be more of a mystery more than like, you know, your typical super, your Batman action that you're going to get. I mean, you do get that, but you're going to get a lot more, uh, drama and suspense, thriller, mystery out of it. I was like a little yeah, it, it, like it builds slowly. Yeah. yeah. And I I like where it lands. Uh yeah. like I, I think everybody agrees that like this might not necessarily <laughs> I feel like this is a harsh statement to say, but I'm not coming down on it. But like I haven't heard anybody say this was the best Batman movie ever made but I feel like a lot of people are enjoying the fact that they have this Batman movie. That's kind of really separate from everything else that they've gotten. Um, which I think is kind of cool. And like, it's not my favorite one that I've ever seen. Uh, It's hard to go up against Christopher Nolan's dark Knight trilogy. Uh, it's hard to go up against Tim Burton's. Um, but I feel like this one holds Mm -hmm. its own, does its own thing. And it's a fucking bad. I really enjoyed,
1: um, yeah i really enjoyed too the uh, like how robert Pat, uh, pattinson's giving a uh i was about to call him robert patrick by accident um uh, yeah the team call to out.
0: john now <laughs>
1: yeah um <laughs> uh, but yeah i was about uh i was um i, I really enjoyed uh his narration throughout the movie I yeah was, like He's basically giving like his Batman diaries uh, through the narration in uh, in these movies, and just like like at the beginning of that movie when he's talking about uh, how he like he owns the darkness and how it makes criminals afraid, like and just like the the different you know the montage of like seeing different criminals being afraid you know, of the darkness as soon as they see that bat signal in the sky is like yeah. it was so like well done like. The atmosphere that they were building throughout that movie was just, it, yeah, it, it was so good. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed how they did that and just, you know, and then, like, that build-up until you finally see Batman show up in uh, in the first, uh, first, like, what, 10 minutes or whatever it was, you know, just yeah. like... Yeah, it was so good, and then uh, ends up being that scene that was you know famously in the uh, the first teaser for the movie where you just see him walk out and just absolutely throttle that guy in the darkness in in the rain, just like yeah, yeah. Everyone saw that clip, you know. Whenever people had doubts of Robert Pattinson's Batman, then they saw that clip, they were like,
0: "Oh shit!" Credit also to Paul Dano as the Riddler. And I mean, like, in hindsight, I don't really know, like, how much he, like, was in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, on set to make it. Because, you know, you see him and you see, like, the Riddler under, like, heavy wardrobe and a mask. I don't actually know if that's Paul Dano in it. But, like, those interrogation room scenes or the the mirror, the walls with the glass walls between them. Um, He's so just bone chilling like we haven't had a riddler that's like dark and i thought that was cool Mm. uh yeah yeah Yeah, it's i I haven't really watched a lot of marvel this year i'm behind on some stuff um this is really kind of the standout you know comic book adaptation film of the year for me uh Mm. and like the set design of this movie is just so much of a lot of the comics i read for batman um yeah it's like dark but it's not gothic but it's mm-hmm. dark and gritty and that's that's my kind of gotham city so uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah it, it feels like a dirty place and yeah like uh you know like like not quite as as gothic like um as the the batman 89 film but it feels mm-hmm. as dirty
0: yeah all right, you are up.
1: All right, uh, so I'm gonna start off my top five list with Peacemaker. <laughs> uh, Ooh, from all the so, way back
0: in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about this like earlier in the year. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I think it was on
1: one of my uh, one of our earlier, uh, you know, what you're watching from this year. But uh, so I won't go too deep into it. But yeah, I just. Yeah, well, looking back, like I comprised my list of a lot of things that I remember just like got talked about a lot, um, and uh, things that I thought, you know, personally to me, just like stood out. And this show, I mean, this it stood out. You know, you can you can definitely say that for sure. Like it just, yeah. it's it was one that uh, it, I mean before i even watched the show i heard from you you know have you checked out the show and like you know the the opening credits of the move of the show like alone you know that dance that they do in the uh the,
0: speaking yeah. of robert patrick he's hilarious yeah. in that dance number
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's great on the show yeah
1: yeah so it's it, you know it was one of those shows that like and again, you know, like we were talking about before, James Gunn, you know, he, you know, it's, he took over the DC, and you know, this show was one example of what he can do with it. Because, like, yeah, it has a lot of humor, but it also has, you know, a ton of heart in there too. And I mean, I'm assuming like this character, he was inherently just a funny, like, kind of comical character to begin with. So I'm assuming that he'll be able to do you know be able to like handle the rest of dc you know and their characters you know with you know appropriate amount of humor when it comes to it but you know at the same time it's james gunn he's gonna throw in a joke here and there when he can so yeah yeah that that show i mean come on like (laughs) you like that 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 ending like when they had the the uh justice league show up in the end just so that peacemaker could call them a bunch of bitches or whatever like you know <laughs> you know because by the time they show up the threat's already been taken care of and like they're on their way home like they're they're out of here like what the fuck are you guys right here now like who the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah it was so funny and like and and the fact that they got uh Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa to show up as like as their characters for that little cameo yeah. just to be like just for Peacemaker to be like oh you fuck fish or whatever <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh I think John Cena has really come into his own in it. this role yeah. has helped so much yeah yeah I mean as a comedy actor
1: he's really come into his own in the last few years but uh yeah, he's he, this show has been like, you know, definitely uh, top notch for him. Now yeah, he fits the fits it so up uh, so perfectly.
0: Yeah. Uh, great supporting roles out of uh I, I don't really yeah. think of a lot of the actors' names, but one of them that really stands out is the big guy with long hair and a beard or something. Oh uh, uh Brian Pussain. Who
1: Brian Pussain?
0: Um, he's in like Peacemaker's little crew there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, the one that he called Diebeard, right?
0: Yeah. He said, he's like, yeah. dude, you die. Uh, and he has that's, uh, the-
1: that's comedian Brian Pussain.
0: Okay. All right. He has one of the best deliveries in that first episode I've ever seen mm-hmm. from any actor in a comedic situation when they're calling <laughs> him Diebeard and he's walking away laughing going like i don't dye my beard and you just know he dyes his beard just
1: (laughs) yeah he's so like dismissive of it you know which is like somebody who actually doesn't dye their beard probably would just like shrug it off where he's like like, -uh."
0: he's, he's not getting he's like getting defensive but trying to laugh it off and like it's yeah. like that's just like typical it's like typical james gunn humor um and i, I love it. it it really was a great show
1: yeah but you know in the same way and i think i brought this up on our previous what you are watched too like the way that they came around in the end where like that whole joke of calling him die beard by the end of the show they actually had like a monologue from that character where he talks about like how yes. that shit made him feel and like you know it's just the The emotions that he you know being called d beard and called out for it and like on a thing that he was hoping would be just like not anything even would any like anyone would pay attention to like you know it's just like yeah, it just it like he does a great way of making these things a joke and then being making you go like, oh, there's actually like a person there,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's cool, yeah, yeah, no it was um. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. They're coming back for season 2, right?
1: Yeah. Which I'm curious to see what they do cuz I mean it's James James Gunn's like show and whatnot, but now with him taking over DC and him cleaning house with DC like is this just going to be its own separate show like doing its own thing now or are they going to try to wrap it into the whole the rest of it everything or are they just going to be like it's done after the second season. I, know, right. we'll, I guess it'll, we'll wait to see, but
0: we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my number four uh, is a film I missed in theaters. and um, But I caught it streaming, it's, and I believe it's still streaming up on Peacock. Love saying that. <laughs> uh nbc universal streaming service which honestly it's actually really fucking cool i I think they've i think they're starting to the last year or so that they've really kind of caught their footing especially with their original shows they have a lot of cool little mini documentary series series is um that's not a word (laughs) uh but um i mean like they had that three-part casey anthony documentary Mm-hmm. Which, I'm not going to go into that, but like they're churning out a lot of stuff. Uh, so, but what I did see when it finally dropped after I missed it in theaters was this summer's big horror hit. Uh, this is the black phone. The black phone is a adaptation from, if you don't know, it's written by Joe Hill, a little anthology not anthology, just a book of short stories. Uh, anybody who doesn't know Joe Hill it's Stephen King's son uh, he published a book of um, called 20th century ghosts uh, the black phone is one of the short stories in 20th century ghosts and actually it's like one of the more shorter stories in the um, in the book and it's like a two-hour movie like the the, the story is like 10 pages long <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it um so anybody who doesn't know it it's uh stars well i shouldn't say stars but it's the more memorable role ethan Hawke plays a guy who kidnaps and kills kids
1: interesting,
0: interesting. um <laughs> so he has an absolutely creepy mask um this is i believe directed by uh, why is the director escaping my name is it scott derrickson i think i don't know it's the same guy who did um the, the original uh uh sinister you know what that movie <laughs> is I I think I remember that that title uh, from a few years back. It scared the shit out of me. Um yeah. he's a really good genre director. Uh so basically what the black phone is about is it's it's a just story of these neighborhood kids. And I gotta give credit to the production design on this movie. This looks like 19 mid-1970s, whatever. Um, you know, down in the dirts kind of broke-ass town like it just there's just <laughs> the set design on this film is so good and it yeah. there's a reoccurring these there are kids being kidnapped throughout the area and it's this reoccurring thing and then your main character in the film gets kidnapped by ethan Hawke's character and is put in a basement and pretty much left there on the basement that's stupid <laughs> 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 um and the whole point is what's going on is the there's a black phone on the wall in the room he's staying in a little empty basement area and you know the ethan Hawke's character basically tells him like oh that phone's broken it, it you know so don't even bother trying to use it and while the kid's down there the phone starts ringing and he answers it and what he is talking to is he is talking to the kids who he has the Ethan Hawke's character has killed and they are trying to tell him like ways of potentially getting out and escaping. And so it turns into this kind of mind game between him and Ethan Hawke. And there's a lot of like flashback scenarios. You also get these scenes that go on outside of him being in the basement and whatnot um, Uh actor's name is escaping me, and I don't know why it should be because I talk about him, I feel like from time to time. But the he played the little kid in ET and now he's all grown up. Uh oh yeah. Um why can't I remember his name? Um, regardless, he plays he's in it. He plays in it, he plays the main character's alcoholic father. He's incredible in it as pretty much as a piece of shit, dad. But um (laughs) there there is a lot of um. This is not, and I don't know if this is me being a parent and kind of being now like starting to notice these horrors a little more like, you know, kids in danger freaks me out a little more. And like, but it's also yeah. before you even get to Ethan Hawke kidnapping this kid, um, you know, there's also like a lot of real gritty scenes and scenarios in the film about bullying and whatnot. And, you know, this is. <laughs> this is the 1970s, like kids are going to school and they're dodging bullies left and right. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just like, like, there's a fight scene between like kids and it's just like, you really feel the physicality of like the punches and whatnot. Um, There's another great scene uh, where the main character narrates a lot of what's going on as well. Like when he's talking about other kids who've been kidnapped in in the town and, you know, it's very much like Peeled right off the page of the book of like there's a setup where there's this there's this kid who's like this all-star pitcher at like a little league in town and like you know he went up against him at at bat and you know he got struck out by him and then you know they kind of talk smack to each other after the game and that kid after he leaves he gets abducted and you know he eventually was killed and so it's it's really dark, but it also gets really poignant as you root for him to get the fuck out of that basement. And um, I think this was a great turn also for Ethan Hawke, who again, we're talking about a lot of great actors who are having a good decade. Um, I think he's done some great work uh, over the past few years. I mean, he's never been a bad actor. I mean, this is a guy who held his own against with Denzel and training day. You know people forget Ethan Hawk is really good in training days, just Denzel kind of steals the show in that movie. I've always thought Ethan Hawk was a great actor. Um, but uh he is absolutely terrifying as this guy, I and mean, he's pretty much wearing a mask the entire film, but he is just yeah. chilling, and I didn't think he'd have a role like this in him. Um this is a horror movie, but it's not your killer with the bloody knife horror movie. Like, you know, the, the book 20th Century Ghosts that Black Phone is from, a lot of the short stories in it aren't necessarily horror films. They're kind of just like these sad stories about life. And the Black Phone kind of touches on that about just like somebody's here one minute and now they're gone. And you really kind of feel that at the core of the movie. Um, So like I had a ton of horror films I could have put on this list. I could have put... The, the Scream reboot from back in January, which was such a good revamp to the franchise. Uh, I could have put Pearl on here. That was an awesome character study horror film. The Barbarian was fucking awesome as well. But, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of indies as well. You know, I've interviewed directors on this show who've had, you know, a lot of films out this year. Um, but yeah, the Black Phone stuck out to me for some reason. Now I was just like, I think this is in my top five. So uh, if you have Peacock, Track it down, do what you got to do. I recommend it. You know, I know you're not a big horror guy, but if, if you want to get uncomfortable, here you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, keep that in mind because, yeah, I, I, I like, uh, I like Ethan Hawk. Yeah. He always is doing something interesting, you know, like these last few years. So, um,
0: yeah, no, he's a great actor. I've
1: always liked him. So,
0: all right. Uh, yeah. You're up.
1: All right, uh next on my list, you know. Um, I also realized too that uh pretty much everything else on, everything on my list is stuff that we've talked about in previous what you watchings, but uh yeah, so I won't go too deep into them. But uh, yeah, it's just had this sudden realization it's like ah oh, shit. <laughs> but uh at the same time, you know, like I, I think I I think we were talking about before we started uh this whole thing too. I <laughs> this certain movies that i haven't just hadn't been able to get around to this year so i uh they'll me. probably be in my list for next year <laughs> or not my list but uh my uh things that we'll talk about in the next what you watch um but yeah so the next thing on my list here officially is doctor strange and the multiverse of madness Ooh,
0: yeah it's so, one um, flick uh, that was one of the marvel films i was able to get a hold of
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) uh, Sam Raimi doing a Marvel movie, how could you not want to
0: see it? It's Evil Dead 4.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've been seeing everything like talking. You know, all the memes are basically like, uh, "Oh yeah, you know, he he snuck Evil Dead Four into a Marvel movie." <laughs>
0: yeah, even uh, though they're even though they're doing a, a reboot right now, of Evil Dead, but still.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, and uh, I mean, there's there's nothing I can say about this movie that I haven't said previously. Like it was just, it was so good. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the that scene when they introduced the uh illuminati and uh the the like everything that happens with them it was just so like so well done like you know it was that deal where you 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 know you have all these expectations for these characters because you know like who these characters are supposed to be some of them you know from previous things where you just like if you know the comic books, you know that they're like some of the most powerful beings in existence. And then you just see Wanda walk in and fucking destroy them all. Like, just, and she does it so like easily too. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, I mean, it was so like, it, it was everything that you would expect from a uh, Sam Raimi directed uh, yeah. Marvel movie. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, he he had those little, whatever he could, he would get those little horror twists in in his Spider-Man movies when he did them. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, given the nature of this film, he was able to fully go, you know, all out. I mean, he was given a witch for his main villain.
0: Come on. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to go have fun. I mean... Yeah, a guy, a guy who made. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the original Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two, or even Army of Darkness. I've seen
1: Army of Darkness. I haven't seen Evil Dead.
0: Well, I mean, like you, you got to take Evil Dead with a grain of salt. Like that—that that is a very—I don't want to say low budget because they for
2: they had what, like, like no
0: budget. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, they had they. Yeah,
2: they, yeah, yeah compared yeah, to but, what
0: he does now, but like, in they like the making of that film is so awesome. Like they. Mm-hmm. They went to like just dentists <laughs> and sat them down and pitched them Evil Dead and would get them to write. Chat. I actually remember hearing
1: that story. Yeah. They,
0: they, they went all over to just rich people. They're from Michigan like Bruce Campbell and all that. Like everybody that made that film. They were all, and they all just like I mean it's a it's one of the greatest stories about like indie filmmaking ever. Like they just were a team that went to rich people and said, hi give us money. <laughs> <laughs> and what they were able to accomplish is incredible so like i i think uh, dr strange that this one really kind of brought the horror crowd over to marvel really you know really yeah. well because when you know just from the trailer alone you know i get it he's he's working i mean sam Raimi's working with like a big place big sandbox in this one a lot to use a lot of money to use um a lot of the uh i don't want to say zombie but a lot of the i don't know like it's been a while since i've seen it i I saw it over the summer but there's like a lot of there's like some walking dead characters right just like zombies and shit in it Mm -hmm. there is um yeah okay yeah i I just I, i don't know if i'm if i'm imagining it for some reason but um yeah like a lot of those effects were really cool uh or at least they
1: had like the the zombie doctor strange i should yeah, say yeah yeah like yeah that's the, what i'm thinking. yeah that was that was yeah. what you were thinking i think
0: yeah uh just there's just so many cool set pieces in that movie as well like i mean i i you can clearly tell like they didn't film on location in new york but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like who the fuck does when you have atlanta and it's super cheap um but, yeah <laughs> uh it's, it's just so it was, it was that that was like one of the f- more fun Marvel films I think since Endgame for me outside of that and like Spider-Man No Way Home
1: yeah like just getting able to take advantage of um like the whole you know the power like the the multiverse and like you know that that scene where they're jumping through different multiverses and you see him like the different effects on their their body, where yeah. like they randomly go through different multiverses. Like one of them was a paint universe, where like yeah, they that literally got cool. turned into paint. And at one point, it's just like it's so like random and and crazy, and, uh, and just so cool, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> and it was you know a movie about a mom, and it came out on Mother's Day.
0: <laughs> True i would watch this and i would watch this and uh sam Raimi directed first um dark man as a double feature (laughs) dark man's so fucking good uh okay um so i did say i was going to mention darren aronofsky again on this episode i i can't talk i I don't want to say i can't but i know you haven't seen it and I, it literally just came out, and I was able to see it probably about 24 hours ago. Um, so this is a hot take for me to put it on my top five, but this is everything. Again, I, I don't have a lot to say here because it's very new, but it's still going to be very new by the time this airs. What everybody's been talking about, Brendan Fraser's uh, Fraser's uh, I can't talk, we're getting Brendan Fraser's um. Uh, Renaissance, his big comeback performance uh in this year's uh Darren Ar- Aronofsky directed the whale yeah I'm not gonna say too much uh this is exactly what everybody is saying and then some because yeah. they've, been, they've been keeping it there's just been those like little images of him in that you know bodysuit and makeup he's playing a 600 pound man who's trying to reconnect with his Daughter played by Sadie Sink, that's her name, right? From Stranger Things, yeah. Uh, the redhead, um, who she's also having a year too with, uh, yeah,
1: Stranger Things, like, yeah, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she's you know, she was just kind of like the first season she was in on Stranger Things. She, I knew she was going to play like an integral part, but like by the time season four hit, I was kind of like, oh my god, she's incredible, um, yeah, but. She is, yeah, she, she really, you know, the big Brendan's performance is going to be what everybody's talking about with this movie, but she is really good in it as well. And there's some other uh, roles in the film that you see in the trailer that I think should get some sort of recognition as well in supporting roles. Um, But, you know, I'll just say this, being a girl dad, going to see it uh, struck a chord um then you know i think it just will strike a chord with anybody um yeah the dialogue brandon fraser is given to say is oh my god i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when this script was being written uh yeah it was a uh it was a
1: uh screenplay or not a screenplay i mean a um uh, a stage play before this was not yeah, it?
0: yeah I, th- I think you're right um uh oh my god it's just like pull like so there's like what they've sh- the little things they've shown you in the trailer I mean there's that big epic line he says at the end of the trailer about wanting to do one good thing with his life and his voice breaks and you're just like oh there's still like a few more other scenes in that movie that honestly personally for me topped that yeah uh, I I I can't, I don't know. Like I've, I've been certain about an actor winning best actor before. Um, and I've been wrong. Like, the, you know, the Academy just does, does, I mean, I don't know. I don't vote, you know, <laughs> so like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's know. not up to me. Yeah. It could be, you know, who fucking knows who else gets nominated that could win. You know, Colin Farrell could end up winning uh, Will Smith's movie that just dropped on um, Apple plus that <laughs> I no longer have. Yeah. So I can't see. Uh, he could once again be in the running even though he, you know he slapped chris rock last year uh but but it would be it would be a good redemption story if he wins two years in a row <laughs> yeah but as of right now this is the best performance of the year in my opinion uh yeah. I, I can't think of anything that tops it um it's such a nice it's so nice to have this movie Uh, his character is just so heartbreaking and yet uplifting for a viewer. Um, He is just like, uh, this is like a nice movie to have post-COVID also. Like all the just, I mean, the movie breaks your fucking heart. Um, But there's also, there's just some sort of nice little silver lining to it as well then. know like my judgments could be wrong on this i don't know maybe i need to see it again but i just felt like i mean i I
1: keep hearing everyone talking about it
0: like talking about his performance and so i don't think you're you know off base or anything well no i don't think i'm off base but you're right but i I like i think people need a movie like this after what we've all been through over the past few years is kind of some some sort of (laughs) yeah
1: this is definitely one I've been looking forward to. I mean, yeah, you know, I've been a friend, fan of uh, Brendan Fraser for forever. I mean, since since I was a you know a kid watching him in movies like Encino yeah. Man and and George of the Jungle, you know, and so heads. I, yeah, yeah, fuck airheads, of course. Like I, I watched that uh, just uh, well, a couple couple weeks ago. I was uh, working on a repainting a dresser in my basement, and I watched. Uh, that interview with him and uh and uh Adam Sandler that they did on what was yeah. it? A- Esquire or Variety or whatever it was. Yeah. Um yeah, like you know, and yeah, yeah, he's, he's such a classic Yeah, yeah. I Boy, Johnny I, Johnny I love it. that movie.
0: Johnny <laughs> can't read, Johnny can't write. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's, dude, the, the lone ranchers. <laughs> well, first of all, you're not exactly lone. There's three of you. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's all that's all I'll say about the whale. It's uh it, it's it definitely maybe not I mean it's hard to say what constitutes the best movie of the year Oscar wise or while well, we're just picking it. You know, the movie's kind of very confined for the most there's you know it's there's it's not like some big epic thing. It's you know that's yeah, I've like, heard it
1: takes style. place uh, mostly in just his apartment. Yeah, or in his house yeah. or whatever. So
0: um, I mean it goes out out a little bit, but um it's I mean, so it's it's hard to say, but it definitely is the best performance of the year. So I'll leave it at that. It just came out as we record this last night, I think nationwide. So um it'll be interesting to see how it does over the holidays. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's one I definitely want to check out. Um, you know I want to actually get into a theater and see that because you know, I don't want to miss it and then have to wait months and months until it's out on like digital somewhere all right you're up all right next on my list which uh i mean we literally were just talking about her on the (laughs) whale so yeah uh stranger things four all right (laughs) uh i mean you know again Something we've talked about previously, so there's not much I can say that uh, has changed. But I mean, <laughs> has there been a bigger, you know, cultural phenomenon this year <laughs> than, uh, than that? Like, hell, that uh, that Kate Bush song has gone everywhere. Like, you can't, I cannot, you know, for a long time, I could not watch, uh, you know, an Instagram reel without coming across that song a few times at least. So, I mean, it's died down a little bit now, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, that, that
0: show, you know, I mean, that, they definitely hit,
1: you know, their stride with that fourth season.
0: Uh, she must've made bank off royalty checks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's
1: just so many, like, that was one of the other things too, is just everyone was talking about her performance and their, those episodes, uh, where, you know, Sadie Sink and, uh, yeah. that. um, that performance that she gave as like her character feeling this, like it, it, it basically, it was like a survivor's guilt, you know, with uh, yeah. what happened with her brother in the third season. So, yeah, it was just um, so good. And, uh, you know, it, it leads into this fifth and final season, you know, so well, like setting up everything and, you know, setting up this, villain that's been there since the beginning that we didn't just didn't know about until now like you know yeah it's yeah it was just um it was it it did everything like so well you know i i definitely you know and they they did that thing of uh they did a thing that netflix never does where they actually broke up their season you know instead of instead of releasing it all at once they did the you know Most of it at once, and then the last couple episodes, you know, a few months later to kind of build up that, like,
0: and like the last and talk, you know,
1: that yeah, that community
0: conversation. The last two episodes, like, one of them was like two and a half hours.
1: Yeah, they were basically two movies, it was like an hour and a half and two and a half hours movie, or whatever. Like, this is just like this could have easily been like a Ten or twelve episode season with that the length of those last couple episodes, but yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I how many like one thing I was really impressed, and I the more I just think about it, like there's something new I'm impre- impressed with from season four. It's um, uh, <laughs> how many characters were in this season, and all of their character arcs had payoffs,
2: mm-hmm. like.
0: Yeah from the main group all the way down to like some of the supporting like that like the high school like basketball team all those jocks like they even had some sort of character arc like yeah. everybody just kind of had like the only people that I don't even think were really in this season were like the parents besides Winona Ryder <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean the
1: the parents uh, the parents outside of like Winona Ryder and,
0: yeah. and- Hopper,
1: you know, like the you know uh David Harper's character, like they they're not really they, they're not really like a factor. So yeah, you know, I, I keep waiting for like the thing that's gonna happen that makes the rest of the town like know what's happening in this in this small town when like it never ends up happening. So like this thing happened in the end of this season, you know, with that big uh terror that happened in throughout their city. And, like, I thought that was going to be – but then it just, like, they were explaining away with uh, an earthquake. So I'll be curious to see if the people who did stick around, if there's, like – is it going to be, like, the town versus, you know, like, whatever's coming out of this place? Because, like, I don't know. How how are they going to keep it so it's just these kids? Like, it it seems like it's going to be too big going into the fourth season – or fifth season. But, uh, yeah. I, I have faith that they're gonna be able to pull it off because like these these you know these showrunners have you know always brought something to the screen that just makes you go, oh damn that was was really good.
0: This has been a show that has progressively gotten better and bigger yeah. and better as you know the fact that you reveal like for the literally the first three seasons, up until that like, break they had between episodes this season Mm -hmm. um the whole like um upside down and everything like i like i turned my brain off with like you know that kind of stuff like honestly like in horror films sometimes you don't need to explain shit like just make it spooky make it scary if you can Mm -hmm. give it some sort of motivation and like a payoff fine but like sometimes there's shit you don't need to explain and the fact that yeah. they waited till season 4 to reveal like the villain behind all of this and like i just can't help but go whoa man like they mm. you can tell the duffer brothers have had they have this entire series mapped out from like frame 1 of episode 1 till however this show closes
1: yeah um yeah they they yeah they definitely seem like they had been planning this out you know because i like i you can see all the little connections between like yeah like i think i saw a video recently i was just like oh was they were they setting up vecna in the very first episode of the series because like you know, talking about like things that happen with will when he's abducted that like yeah, I I have I'd have to go back and check out the article or whatever if it was a video. I forget exactly what it was, but it's just like, and it brings up a good point of like how much did they plan out versus like rolling with the punches because that's yeah. one of the things that a good writer can do. They can do both, like roll with the punches and plan something out in long, like years in advance, where they're just like, bam. you know, like <laughs> in, in both both can have that same effect yeah both can like have that damn you know effect like
0: (laughs) i i mean netflix uh really put like they have a like that company has the biggest set of balls Mm -hmm. um out of any of the streamers and i don't even think netflix i don't know if they're like my favorite streaming service still but like i you know they're Mm -hmm. they're they're the ogs now They're, they're the you know, they're kind of like the sleeping giant. Like, yeah, they throw a bunch I of- mean,
1: they they started back when they were all about like, we're going to send you a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> but like
0: they're they're like the they're like the fucking lion of the jungle. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, they're just like, yeah, they'll throw a bunch of crap up on their platform that you'll watch and you forget about a day later even if it was good. But, you know, once you think they're starting to just put crap out they like doubled down on like half a billion dollars in budget for their biggest like brand that they have, and yeah. it pays off for them supposedly.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, like it, it, We're still fucking talking about it like six months later. It really was a landmark ser- uh, season of this of in general. Um, yeah cool uh um,
1: yeah, i mean and netflix just keeps doing that too i mean look at everyone's talking about
0: wednesday lately like i, I still have watched it but it. It, it crept up yeah. on me i didn't think i was gonna like it i liked it
1: yeah i still have to sit down and check it out but uh you know it's this idea too where like everyone's talking about you know it's like it just it seems like you know some streaming services they don't have that and netflix always seems to have like at least one show pop up where it's just like have you seen? Have you heard about this? And I was just like they 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 just they without fail, every year they have at least one or two.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, my second to last one is another thing that crept up on me because I could not give a damn about the original uh film. I'm talking about the 19, was it 1986? Uh Top Gun. I don't, I'm not a Top Gun fan. I don't really. I don't I don't care. I don't I don't get it. Like when what I'm about to talk about was in theaters, um, I had no motive. All right, it's Top Gun Maverick. I <laughs> uh back when it was like in theaters, I was joking about it. I was like, I have on this show, I was like, I have no desire to see Top Gun Maverick. I don't, I don't get it uh one night and this is a rare occasion when my wife has seen something that i haven't that i might have general interest in usually it's the other way around i gotta pull her over to my side um (laughs) she was just like you've never seen top gun and i was like no i've never i've never seen top gun i i I have no fucking desire i don't get it." it but and yet tony scott is was you know he's passed away since such a great filmmaker um of that 80s and 90s era like you know he's made some great films with tom cruise days of thunder as well um made some great films with denzel washington uh i watched top gun one night the original one and i I didn't there's no plot to that movie man like like it's, (laughs) it's like tom cruise you know having a dick measurement contest with val kilmer about who's the best fighter pilot and then you know they you know getting a chase in the air with russians it's like the ultimate ronald reagan 80s era fuck the communist movie you know and then plus they play they play volleyball oiled up with no shirt on so i didn't see top gun maverick in theaters uh because i didn't care to and on my flight up to connecticut a couple months ago it was on the plane and like you know My wife's sitting next to me, you know, you know, my daughter was great on the flight. She just like ate and went to sleep. I was like, yes, no problems here. And I, I was like, the only movie I really think I should watch is Top Gun Mavericks. I I hit play on it and put on the headphones and, um, incredible fucking movie. Like, like such an awesome, again, like I, I, how the hell they got some of these shots in the air like this is not green screen here. Like it is just like how in the old the original one, that's what I'll give the original Top Gun credit for is these aerial shots of these planes. Like, holy fuck, this must have cost a lot of money to make. Um, and then you know, this I mean, I think this movie was postponed, Christ's sakes, like almost two years for its release. It was supposed to come out in 2020, I think. Um mm-hmm. and um they've just pushed it and pushed it. So they probably shot this in 2019 when Before, you know, nobody had any money anymore to make movies and all the movies are kind of being made pretty cheaply now. So, like, just some of these fucking shots are unreal. Um, Genius casting with bringing in John Hamm is in there in a supporting role. Uh, And of course, playing kind of the young up and coming pilot that's kind of Tom Cruise kind of takes under his wing, played by uh, Miles Teller. Uh, He's awesome in it. He has the coolest fucking mustache I've ever seen uh and they do a cameo appearance they bring back the great val kilmer uh no. who they play to his obviously he you know had throat cancer and he you know has issues with speaking so they play to that as, as well um with his handicap i should say i can't believe i like top gun maverick it's <laughs> fucking so much fun like when you're like my dad doesn't watch a lot of contemporary movies he doesn't you know he'll go to the him and my mom will go to the theater every now and then because my mom likes going to the movies still um Mm -hmm. when my dad texts me a movie (laughs) and says how good it is i should i listen i shouldn't say i should because i actually do i kind of go like wait what you went and saw top gun maverick and you fucking loved it (laughs) and yeah it's it's um, I guess what's kind of missing in the original one is there in Maverick. There's a little bit more of a plot. I mean, the original Top Gun, you really can just turn your brain off for two hours. It doesn't matter. It's it's like oh, it's almost an erotic movie, <laughs> um, without like hardcore sex. Anyway, um, Jennifer Conley is really good in it. It's kind of love interest. Uh, there's a lot of fan service to your you know your top gun fans. There's that fan base out there. I'm not really include myself in it, but um I enjoy the fan service, but uh, I again, just I think we needed a summer blockbuster that also made us nostalgic. and what better thing to do than bring back a top bring do a top gun sequel? So much goddamn fun. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to say about Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: I still haven't seen it. Uh I, I need to check that one out. I, I don't have Paramount Plus, so I'll have to, you know, check that out um or steal your login or something. I don't know. But uh, um yeah, it, it's I I wanted to see that I mean, I I really kind of wish I had seen that in theaters just for the Me too. Fact that just for the fact that he was actually in those planes, filming yeah. those scenes. Like, <laughs> fucking! I swear to God, Tom Cruise is looking to get himself killed, <laughs> and, like, doing some crazy stunt because yeah. this guy is just like, well, haven't I heard somewhere like he's planning on f- like going to space or something like that for a movie soon i don't i think i heard yeah. that somewhere I, don't know. Like, I think
0: it's another like whatever the next mission impossible is i think yeah this guy that's is, all he's doing he's just doing mission impossible movies <laughs>
1: yeah it's because he's legitimately like just like yeah how how crazy can i get yeah <laughs> how do you ensure this guy what the hell <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i yeah i i kind of i wish i had gone to see it just for that because it uh you know the, those scenes alone i mean every time i went to a theater and saw those trailers where it's just like yeah it felt like you were in the those cockpits getting you know in that takeoff so yeah
0: i yeah i i'm bummed i, I <laughs> i'm bummed that i didn't see it in theaters like i watched this on a plane but I and then you know, it did just drop on Paramount Plus. I might watch it again up mm-hmm. on the, up on a bigger screen at my house., uh, yeah, like I just imagined what this looked like on the big screen with awesome sound design in the theater. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but You've still put it on my it list. So. yeah. All right,
1: you're up. All right, so next on my list,, uh, again, Talked about it previously. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but uh, I, I said that all these were going to be the, the last one that I got on my list is going to. I'm going to have more to say because it only just started when we previously talked about it. But this one, uh, so House of the Dragon. Um, okay. You know the Game of Thrones spinoff. Uh, <clears throat> I forget how far we were in it when uh, we previously talked about it. It might have been like halfway through or something. Yeah. I exactly. Um. But yeah, since then, you know, it's finished its season and uh, we're officially at war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I fucking that show, like, you know, that, that, that was, yeah, I really enjoyed that show. The, uh, <clears throat> the way they built up the tension and, like, you know, you could see that, like, civil war brewing between these two factions of this family and, uh, and seeing, like, the boiling points, you know, where, like, you keep thinking, like, is this the moment? Is this the moment? Like, is this what's going to drive them to the war? And then finally in this the final episode of the season, like, you know, what happens there, like, it, with uh, uh, Amond and, uh, you know, Lu- Lucaris or Lucaris or whatever, you know, however you pronounce his name. Like, yeah, it was just, it was so well done. And, like, and, yeah, like... <laughs> kind of like uh, a, a really good like horror moment when uh yeah i've seen the memes pop up a million times of just like that moment of uh the one dragon flying over the smaller one yeah like, just that image great was, shot yeah yeah that was so fucking cool yeah i it was it was such a good show and i'm i'm looking forward to you know the next season and i've i, I, I I'm not sure how many seasons they plan on doing of this but you know the fact that it's already an established story so like they don't have to make anything up it's just like everything's there um yeah i've got a lot of faith in you know where this uh story is going to go you know with with everything you know like <laughs> it's a it definitely it, it's it's going to do all the things that game of thrones does best which is make you feel like shit <laughs> <laughs> It,
0: yeah, Game of Thrones was kind yeah. of a yeah. They they're, they're great at it.
1: making you like build up these characters that you love, and then just watching them crumble. <laughs> I will
0: never forget. Um, this is the, I mean, it's Game of the Thrones game Game of the Thrones. <laughs> uh, it's, the Game it's, of the it's, Thrones. It's, ge- <laughs> it's like Game of the Thrones. Uh, this is Game of Thrones, not House of the Dragon. But I um, off story here, but you'll find it funny. I took an edible. a cookie it was a cookie edible and I sat down and I watched Game of Thrones one night with a few friends and that episode was none other than the Red Wedding
1: oh no (laughs) I was fucking crying yeah I was about to say were you there like (laughs) all all of a sudden you just in the room with them
0: I was like just kind of like hitting like it was I was in the zone right when they do that first shot. I'm like, the you're going to watch a
1: chill wedding episode. and it's just like, Yeah, I was just happened? like, all
0: right, everybody's having a good time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I literally I was right with um the fucking uh, the, the. The I forget character names from that damn show um the, yeah. the, the um ned stark's wife there uh um, oh yeah yeah i was right there kind with her it. yeah i was right there with her as she starts seeing the chain link armor under
1: me yeah and i was the just like, realization
0: no <laughs> <laughs> they is <just> all getting <laughs> fucking killed and then like I, I was crying and then i think on the next episode was the season finale and i watched it just like kind of trying Ooh. to come down from everything i just saw and uh <laughs> i think it ended with like a cool shot where like um daenerys gets on a dragon i don't know if it's for the first time or something And she just like flies away and then the credits roll and i was just like i thought it was breathtaking man but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but anyway yeah that's off off story but uh yeah i thought house of the dragon was um a fun worthy spin-off, and i sometimes get nervous with spin-offs. uh but mm. great first season really strong really i, I don't want to say it was a slow burn because I, I think you got bang for your buck every episode but like it had a good build to it where yeah you know, if things were kind of moving a little slow i was still intrigued with all this you know all the plot points and the the arcs the character arcs that were starting to move around uh my favorite character yeah. um is uh Actor's name, uh um, is it Matthew Smith?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, who played um Damon?
0: Yeah, my yeah. He's, he's uh at least my favorite performance, I should say. I, I loved mm-hmm. I loved his character a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and enough
1: good things can't be said about uh Patty Constantine's uh, uh Constantine's um however you pronounce his name's uh yeah he he who played uh King Viserys. Yeah. Um, he, he like
0: his his
1: role in that show i mean he just basically was there to try and hold his family apart while he was you know falling apart you know like his character uh i think it was um uh what's what's the disease they said he he, yeah i don't think they say in the show but it's like been compared to um god what's the name of it uh uh Leprosy, I think it was. Okay, um, yeah, 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 some, yeah. Something along those lines. Where yeah, it's it makes like sense. Eating away at his body. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it was like by the time, he by his final episode, it's like heartbreaking. And also like the way that they made him walking in, like walking to his throne in that episode feel epic. Because he's just like basically falling apart. He's been on drugs trying to like keep him from feeling all this pain and he just he's neglect he 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 tells them no no painkillers he wants to be able to be clear-headed and he's walking like walking that you know walkway to the throne room uh, to the throne and it just felt so like big even though this is like it's just a walk like maybe a 100 feet or whatever yeah. But, you know, it's not like it's the most epic thing that's ever been in any of these shows, but it's just like it felt that way because of, you know, like everything that was going on, everything they've set up in the show to that point and just the stakes that it had with the characters involved. It was, it, it just felt big. So, <laughs> yeah, that show was just, it was so well done. And uh, in doing that, you know, <laughs>
0: Yeah, building no. that shit yeah i'm curious to see uh where we go with it it's um like i said i'm always nervous with spinoffs but i think this one is uh gonna be around for yeah it's for definitely game. a
1: worthy uh successor cool mm-hmm. all right
0: um we're at our number ones uh, yeah uh so it's my turn i will do my number one um i don't want to uh say too much because you told me before we started here today uh you haven't seen it yet and i know a lot of people i n- know who listen probably have seen it um i've only seen this film once because like i, I needed to come to streaming again or I, maybe i should just suck it up and get a blu-ray for Christ's sakes um <laughs> yeah i put it on my uh christmas list for uh blu-rays to get so
1: you know hopefully santa is listening
0: yeah um yeah maybe i'll just fucking buy it tomorrow i don't know (laughs) um but this is um i'm an adult i can go to walmart and just pay
1: 20 bucks
0: (laughs) yeah so i'm not gonna say again i'm not gonna say too much i don't want to give really a lot of it away for you but uh everything everywhere all at once came out back in april i think an a24 release um oh my god first of all a24 is fucking (laughs) even they're not good movies i still kind of like i just like how Mm a24 handles like marketing their films is such a they are the ultimate millennial production company i feel yeah (laughs) Um, and i love how nobody knows who's in control of a at a24 like you don't know like oh such and such the executive at a24 like nobody knows (laughs) nobody knows who (laughs) works at a24 they're so fucking cool how mysterious they are um but i think out of all i would say out of all their releases this year everything everywhere all at once has been the big one um for a movie that was released close to a year ago now i think it deserves some sort of oscar buzz uh for this coming Mm -hmm. award season um For everybody on this damn cast uh, um, this movie just like really dealt with uh, well first of all the directors um, they go by Daniels because they're both named Daniel Um, Mm -hmm. their first film I loved uh, Swiss Army Man with uh, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe uh, about Daniel Radcliffe plays a dead guy and Paul Dano's like stuck with him on an island Uh, That was such a fucking cool uh, little independent film. Um, But you were talking about Multiverse of Madness. Uh, This is definitely a film about multiverses. Uh, So maybe you could probably do a cool (laughs) double feature with this and Doctor Strange. Um,
1: They came out around the same time. They came out very
0: close. Like This was an April release. Uh, Doctor Strange was in May, um, I believe, or something like that. Um, Yeah. Look,
1: th- there's so much. Sure, you going probably on. could have seen him in the theaters around the same time. Yeah.
0: Damn. Why didn't anybody think of that? Um. Like th- there's so many things in this film that have to do with like like generational trauma as well. That mm-hmm. I yeah. uh, really, like, I don't, I don't necessarily like say like I connect with that because like I, I don't, but I think we all kind of have some sort of generational trauma, something that, um, like that happened years before we ever showed up. That affects us now. Like, you know, I I think about stuff like that all the time. Like my grandfather was a good guy, but he also fought in a war that probably fucked him up. And like, now, like, I don't know, maybe I got some sort of residual Mm -hmm. shit from that situation. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Without going any far into detail for you, like, you know, this film really touches on that and uh, also kind of touches on, you know, Possibilities of what could have been in, you know, if different decisions were made in one's life. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think about stuff like that all the time, too. And I think that's just why I connected with it so much. And uh, I, I, yeah. I, um, I don't know what more I can really say about it. It's, uh, great performances all around. Michelle, um, it's Michelle Yao, Michelle, Yeo. Michelle, Michelle Yo is, uh, Again? oh my god, dude, this is such a reoccurring pattern. Uh, another actress, actor who um is like back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, she never really left, but like you know, I've I followed her career throughout like the 80s when she do like cool Hong Kong kung fu flicks. One of the
1: only uh, one of the only bond girls that
0: was on his level. And you didn't actually see True. her in the end, <laughs> yeah. She was, she was an awesome bond girl. Tomorrow never dies, yeah.
1: Uh, like, I don't even know if you could call her a Bond girl because she was like his peer. <laughs> yeah. True.
0: Yeah. True. True. Denise Richards has nothing on her.
1: <laughs> I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> I don't know why I said it with like a Sean Connery accent a little bit, but or at least in my head uh, did. But yeah,
0: <laughs> Marnie penny,
1: like,
0: <laughs> like to do that bow and get to know you. Uh, but she's great in it she deserves a lot of at least if she don't get awards she needs to get nominated a lot um jamie lee curtis pops up in this and i think it's cool to have her around again she had another big year i didn't really care for halloween ends well i still don't know um if i liked it or not that's i go back and listen to previous episodes if you want to know (laughs) why um but it's good to see her in this uh yeah what's his name from uh the goonies and um yeah indiana jones yeah
1: his name is escaping me at the same time It is.
0: uh, yeah but he's he's back in this thing and this uh, he's first thing he's been in in years yeah Yeah, first thing he's been in years and like you kind of hear all this stuff about like the past like 30 years of his life like you know, he just became a struggling actor again, too. Like, he's probably been in stuff, but we just didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I think I remember the, the big thing about him was that he, he dropped doing a lot of movies because he didn't want to be typecast like, the uh, characters that he was always seeing, you know, coming up for him as, like, these stereotypical Asian roles. So Yeah, like, coming you know, up in the it, 80s,
0: you'd, you'd probably yeah. just get cast as, like, the nerd. So I I can, yeah, I can like, get that
1: yeah you know, like 70s and 80s it must have been a hard time for somebody you know like uh, his age so yeah actually, you don't know probably 80, yeah he probably was too young for the 70s but yeah 80s and the 90s and uh so yeah now with you know roles and movies being what they are it's uh it's definitely like he's able to i mean shit, this one movie i'm assuming he got to play a lot of different versions of himself because of the nature of a multiverse. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: it's it's so. just a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool, there's a cool, like, you know, sci-fi element to it, I guess with multiverses mm-hmm. and whatnot, but like, there's such a good emotional core to the film as well. And I mm-hmm. gravitate towards genre that has a good emotional core to it. And mm-hmm this just yeah. really hit on all different levels. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll, I usually rethink lists like this after a couple of weeks. And I don't know, <laughs> but I really just, you know, I, I caught onto a lot of things late this year and yeah. this when I actually kind of caught on time. And so it's kind of, it's hard for me to like want to bump it out of the top spot, but for now it's going to sit there. Um, yeah. So, uh, go track it down because A twenty four is being stingy. They're not putting it on a streaming service. You got to rent this shit or buy the Blu ray. So, and it's worth it's yeah. worth the purchase. I must say. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like I said, I'm uh, hoping I'll get it for Christmas. But if not, then I'll just buy a copy and watch it because yeah, I definitely wanted to check this out. Word. It's, yeah, I mean, ever since I saw that first trailer, I was just like, this seems right
0: up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. You have the honor of the final uh, film or TV show to chit chat. You did a lot of shows for uh, your top five this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just I felt like there was a lot of shows I and mean, shows in general are just like the, the, it's one of the bigger things that get talked about these days. I mean, they, they stay in the in the. Um, in the zeitgeist for a long time because of, you know, if unless it's on Netflix, like, the, they're being released over the course of many weeks, so the conversation lasts for a while, but it just also seemed like uh, there was just so many big shows, too. I mean, everything that we've mentioned so far, you know, it's, it's it hasn't been, like, something small that's been, like, a flash in the pan or anything. I mean, it's true Yeah. You know, yeah like i thought that stranger things was going to be the biggest talked about thing this year until house of the dragon and like how that like that show felt like that was talked about even more just because of the fact that it was bringing God, uh, game of thrones back like you know it, it basically revitalized that franchise in a way where people were not so fond after the final season no. so but uh so yeah the on the last thing on my list here that i have to talk about though um it's andor uh which you know i think we had talked about the first couple episodes when uh in the last you know what you watching um but since then it's released uh you know it's final it's for a full season you know first full first season and god damn dude if you haven't watched or kept up with that show it was so fucking good
0: i i haven't and i know i should so
1: yeah it's it has been you know right up there with uh rogue one which this is a prequel of this is like stands out as amongst the best things that disney has done with star wars you know i mean the, the fact that they they you know gave tony gilroy the this this show because he basically like saw but they wanted to do this, and you know, he—he he was the one that worked on you know the movie, uh, you know that Rogue One. So you know, he he already was familiar with these characters, and seeing that they were gonna what they wanted to do with this character, he just took over, you know, being like the showrunner uh, in this first season. I think he wrote most of the se- the season, uh, as well as the second season. I, I'm not sure if he's returning for the second season, but he's at least written you know most of it yeah and just like and i believe it's only supposed to be a two season show because of you know they've basically set up um um you know everything with his his character okay something popped up on my screen um but yeah like setting up uh you know everything with his character like you know in the in that rogue one so they like have a lot to build on in this show like filling in this gap where uh it takes place 5 years before the battle of yavin i think it was um which is like the where the first original star wars movie ended off so yeah it just like this show if if you
0: haven't you know i, I don't know how many episodes in you were but
1: goddamn, dude.
0: It's, it's, it was I'm o- I only got one episode in. I, I I never went, I don't know why I never went back to it. But oh, yeah. Once, so the, it's uh, once, those... once it ended, there was so much buzz, and I was just like, okay, I've, I'll make a note of that. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's one of those shows where, like, unlike a lot of other Star Wars stuff lately, like, this show has put a lot of emphasis on its characters, um, making it so, like, every character has moments they don't feel like their bit parts are like it's small like they each have like they each have things that are going on like there's just a lot that's happening with each character because they actually are like building this like universe like in a way you know like these characters all have a place within this story in different ways and like and yeah like it just, it feels like a character study within the Star Wars, you know, in, in a way that they haven't really done before. Um, and, like, they have kind of three-episode arcs where, you know, every three episodes is, like, kind of telling a story. Um, so the first three episodes is leading into, like, the the last episode of the three leads into, like, a police chase, um, you know, where these, these guys are trying to catch, you know, the first three episodes, they're looking for this killer who, you know, andor is the killer. They track him down, they find him, and they try to catch him, but he gets away. You know, and then the second, you know, set of three episodes, which is like episodes three through six, um, are a ba- uh, like a basically a heist movie, you know, like a heist, you know, heist episodes where like they got to steal stuff from the empire, you know, steal money from the empire to fund their rebellion and they're doing it in a specific base and like that's a very you know like remote you know and and whatnot and it's during a specific time like so that you know it's it's, just all it has all like the heist tropes to it and uh and it does that like it kills that whole thing and just in such a good way um and like you go into this thing thinking like there's going to be a lot of people who don't survive you know i feel and and yeah that that is the case you know so um and then yeah the next three like then they have like uh one episode that's kind of like a standalone that sets up what the next three episode arc is going to be which is episodes like seven through ten which is uh basically like a prison break you know sequence where it's like you know he's, gets arrested. You know he's in this jail. Is setting him up in this jail. Meeting these people in this jail. Next episode, setting up like the cracks. You know, starting to form and like figuring out. You know what? You know, like all the different things they need to figure out. And then the third episode, like the actual prison break. And um, you may have heard of the this episode, like these episodes, because this was the one that introduced uh, Andy Circus into the show, as you know, in his character and that like his like so many people were talking about him in that show and and i mean in that prison break episode that happens in episode 10 um god like they had some amazing fucking uh speeches done you know by both andy circus's character and by uh the character of Luther played by um stellan skarsgård's character like i I have gone back and watched those speeches uh, you know afterwards just because they were like so just good like they just they were so rousing and like you know inspiring and just they felt so like they it just it felt like they were perfectly done with everything like that was happening in like the you know like with Andy Circus's character he's giving a speech to the prisoners as they're escaping and like telling them what to do and, and whatnot and then with Luthen's speech he's basically giving a speech telling like a, a, telling one person how uh what he's sacrificed to be this like rebellion leader and like all the things he's doing and how it's like it's basically like killing his his soul that he has to do all these things but he's doing it in the promise of a better world and it's just like you could you could just feel like this is a speech that somebody who actually has had to go through these things is, would probably like feel and say because a lot of the things that i guess they did in making the show they actually looked up real history of how rebellions have like started and were made and used that for their you know for the the show you know like the stuff with like the 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 um robbing the, you know the empire to form uh, fund the rebellion like that was stuff from actual history like all these different things you know different aspects of actual history and then they also just go into making uh the empire feel so like callous you know where the 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 introduction of um, these characters at the I think as the ISB you know like it's basically like their um they're like internal like I don't know like uh, is basically they like run the sectors of the universe or whatever. I don't know it, it's is they, they they do like a lot of just clerical work. The the speeches in that that episode they were just so so well done. I mean Luther's speech when he talks about his uh his motivations for you know doing this and be you know being the rebel leader and and going out and fighting this like it just it felt everything like everything was what an actual person in that scenario would say and uh you know, <laughs> and then on again a few episodes later, you know, because the last two episodes are kind of build up their own little arc where it's just like everything that's happened throughout every upper episode leading up to it, you know, has led to these last two episodes where they're like trying to finally track down, you know, Andor and and arrest him and get information off of him, but you know, so um, you know, it ends in in that episode where this big confrontation with the people of this town and, you know, this speech that's given by, you know, Andor's mother who, you know, she's um, you know, she gives this speech that kind of rouses the town into rebelling a bit and, like, her speech was, again, is just so well done and you you go back, I go back and watch it and just, it gives me chills because of just how well done it is. I mean, it's just you know, it's like, there's not many times where I watch a show and it's just like I want to go back and watch that speech. Like that was so good, you know. Like, you know, and this show had three, you know. So it's like, you know, and this is a Star Wars show too, where it's just like, you know, the last few, you know, shows that they've done, they haven't exactly been known for their like, you know, they're usually known more for, you know, their cool fights and lightsaber battles and stuff. Like, you know, they're they're not so much known for taking the time to do justice to their characters and like make fully fledged characters that you sit there and you go like damn like even the even the there's this one woman on the empire who like you actually like kind of root for for a little bit until she starts interacting with our main cast and you're like oh right she works for the empire I forgot because she was just like in an environment where she was only like the only woman working in a group of men, you know. So it's just like, like, yeah, you can do it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know it's, it's definitely you definitely have to go back and watch that full season and it, it's uh they they did something with that storytelling that i was not expecting you know because i mean you hear the story like you don't you don't think like oh yeah this is gonna be you know like you know like I, I didn't think much when i heard that they were making a prequel to andor i just thought like oh cool i enjoyed that character but it's more than telling the story of him they're telling the story of the rebellion and like all the people that, you know, fed into that rebellion and like that, the people that formed Andor's character. And I mean, they, one of the main characters that they take a lot of time to build in the show who doesn't interact with our main character at all is Mon Mothma who um, she was in rogue one and, you know, she was always, you know, in the original movie, you know, played by a different actress originally Um and yeah, she was she was in the, in the original movie she was basically that woman at the, the at the, the table with the white robes that told everybody what to do. Oh, know? okay. So like you know, so like, you know, this character who, you know, I mean, obviously she had a big part in the sense that she was like a leader of the rebellion, but you don't know much about her in that original movie. Like in this they're actually building more like you're seeing more of her character and like what she went through, and you know everything that she like yeah it's it's definitely uh and like her side of the story is more political, which is always one of the big uh complaints people had for the prequels, but it's like it's done in a way where you're just sitting there like like her scenes, even though there's like sitting at a dinner party having a conversation, it feels just as tense as like a moment where they're sitting in you know in a doing like they're heisting or whatever you know like it just they have a way because they they take their time and with their characters like they it's just doing such a well done job of giving you that tension in any scene it doesn't matter if how like exciting the scenario is it's just like just you know they know what they're doing you know and yeah, it, it feels, it feels like they made a, a spy thriller in Star Wars, you know, or like a rebellion story in Star Wars. Like, there's no sign of lightsabers or Jedi anywhere. It's just people trying to survive.
0: Wow, it feels like you've waited two and a half hours to tell me that whole fucking report and
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude this this show it's been one of my favorite things that's come out this year i mean it's i i i the (laughs) the storytelling in it was so good and like that's that the way that they handle their characters i mean even like i said before even small characters like they have like they have their moments and they're given the opportunity to be like a character, you know? They aren't just like a caricature that sometimes a Star Wars character can feel like in other projects.
0: Cool, man. When I log back into Disney Plus, I will make it a priority. I promise. <laughs> um yeah. all right. Well, uh there's our there's our five of twenty twenty-two, our top five plus the, few uh things early on in the show um fuck yeah we did it again <laughs> again yes, <sir>. um <laughs> what are you looking forward to for 2023
1: oh god what's even going on in 2023
0: there's <laughs> i'm drawing a blank
1: <laughs> right now um <laughs> uh because i keep hearing about like everything that i you know been hearing about has been like, oh, it's gonna be in twenty twenty four you know like you know, uh was stranger things five and you know the House of dragon season two, like they keep talking about like everything so that everything you out, said
0: tonight, but yeah, everything
1: that came out this year, oh no, I'm just saying like everything that came out this year as far as series go, they're just like, yeah, it's gonna be a while, you know <laughs> like I don't know, is the witcher gonna be coming out this year or maybe that
0: yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know yeah um. <laughs> well no, no no that's cool i'm i don't know what i'm looking forward to either because there's always something new that i discover uh, it's not
1: 2023 but something that's coming out christmas day uh is supposed to be that witcher prequel series that includes uh michelle yo again you know she's playing yeah.
2: that,
1: playing an elf in that show so um and it looks you know some four-part mini-series uh you know it looks pretty dope um Oh, you know what? One thing that is coming out uh, that I'm looking forward to is that second season of uh, Legend of Vox Machina. I, uh, I, oh, I really yeah. want to...
0: yeah! I remember when you I talking about out. that.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that show was so fucking good. <laughs> but, uh, you definitely got to check it out if you haven't yet. All right.
0: All right, sir. Uh, that was a solid two and a half-ish hours of uh, talking about uh, what we've been watching um, I know you're having some, well, you're not really having technical difficulties anymore, but uh, <laughs> um, well, cool, man. We will uh, reconvene in a few months mm-hmm. and hopefully by then we'll know, we'll get a feel for 2023 with um, some good shit going down. Uh, and until then uh, everybody go out and uh, start your, start your 2023 list for best of, because in about 12 months, we're probably going to do this again I don't know if I still have this show in 12 months. I, I probably, I don't know. Not, I'm not fucking saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm going, I'm, I, shit, I just screwed that all up. I can't even do an outro correctly, and now I just started a rumor that the basement's going away. It's not, at least not to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> My fun little podcast, oh no. Um, well, uh, sir. Uh, Christmas has already happened, so I hope you had a Merry Christmas and uh, mm-hmm. enjoy your new year. And, I will. Uh, I will. Mm-hmm. This has yeah. been another episode yeah. of What You Watching. All right. You guys take care. Happy New Year. See you in 2023.
2: Thank <laughs> <laughs>